You're in the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. We're back with a legend. It's not a legend in his own mind on the Paracast. He's a legendary UFO researcher and writer and humorist and all sorts of things we can't mention on the air. He is Jim Mosley, joining Gene and Chris on the Paracast this week. And rather than have our usual preamble, we felt it was so important to have Jim on that we bring him on at the beginning of the show. Don't you feel special, Jim? I thought I always, always came on at the beginning of the show. I, uh, yeah, yeah, you do. Well, you just said that you were doing it differently this time. I thought you said, well, well, normally we have like a 10-minute introduction. Yeah, normally normally we get to take pot shots at the subject or the guest before we have our guest on. Oh, but, I see. Uh, but no, not, uh, not with you, Jim. You, you, get, uh, <laughs> you get special treatment here. Yes, I'm sure I do. With well, you, we give a pot shot while you're on the air because we know you can give back. So what uh, are we going to talk about today? Uh, well, before we talk about anything, remind our listeners that if you want to ask a question of our guests, we don't do the phone thing because that would force you to have to make an appointment with us to call us. Instead, we have you leave messages in our forums at forum.theparacast.com in a place called the Question Bank. And we have a few questions for Jim. We booked Jim in short notice, but we have a few short questions because we booked him at short notice, and we'll ask those a little bit later. But the one thing I think we're going to talk about, because you were mentioning this to me, Jim, when we were preparing for this session today, that you've been lately writing a little bit about the Aztec crash again. Is that because of the book by Scott Ramsey? Yeah, well, it came back to the fore recently because Scott Ramsey finally got this book out. I guess it was two or three months ago. What is it called? The Crash? I'm not sure of the title, actually, but uh, Aztec, as we should know, was a uh, thing that happened allegedly in Aztec, New Mexico in March or April of 1948, which would be just a few months after Roswell. It's a very controversial story and very complicated, and uh, I hope we don't spend the whole time on that, but I'm here to serve you, my master. Yes, my slave. Okay. The book, by the way, is called The Aztec Incident Recovery at Heart Canyon. It came out in late April. It's rather a small book in terms of pages with a lot of documents that may or may not be related. But it's a result of this great quest that Scott and his wife Suzanne embarked on beginning in the 1980s. And this is startling, Jim, because we know your close attachment to money. And that is, according to the Ramses, they spent about a half, a half million, million dollars. dollars according right. To the Ramses, yeah. And they only printed about 1,100 copies of this book, which means at 24.95, it's going to be kind of a loss. So obviously they didn't do it to make money. Well, uh, they self-published it uh, because perhaps nobody wanted to publish it. I'm not sure. These Uh, days, it's very interesting the way the publishing industry works. Nowadays, people sometimes find it better, even if they have a pretty decent book to sell, to publish it themselves. Because they have things like what they call print-on-demand, where the printer will, when you get an order, print the book and send it out. You don't have to have an inventory of 100 books in your garage or take out the envelopes or anything. None of that anymore. Yes, that uh, makes me think of my book, uh, Shockingly Close to the Truth. Is that like print on no demand? I'm kidding. uh, No, it's not. It was published in 2002, and I believe they printed 
hundred copies. As far as I know from the statements I get every six months, they've sold around 2,000, which means that 1,500 copies are rotting in their warehouse. Well, maybe they sell them through Amazon or something at a discount? I have no idea. Well, the way it works with Amazon, having had books that are sold by Amazon, it goes through the regular royalties in terms of your royalty statements. It's not a special thing, except that Amazon gets the books at a discount. They have a special price, as a result of which, if they sell the book at Amazon, you make slightly less per sale than from Barnes & Noble well, or anywhere I, else. I, myself, have never made a dime on it. I got an advance at that time, but my feeling is that they have not sold enough, nor probably never will, that uh, there will be a, a profit on the books for me to get royalties. I uh, am not uh, anticipating that that's going to happen. That's also true with most UFO books, like that book that Steinman and Stevens wrote about Aztec back in the 1980s. Right, they sold about right. 500 copies. Well, that I'm sure was self-published. I, I haven't uh, read that book, but my feelings about Wendell Stevens are that he's a nice guy, but I wouldn't uh, believe him if, the, if he said the sun was coming up. It well, if he says that now, I'd be surprised because he's dead. Yes, yes, he is very dead. And the other fellow, Steinman, I think that's the only thing he ever did. Uh, I think he has some religious hang-ups also, and I just don't get a heavy uh, feeling of truth about him either. So, But you see, to me, the Aztec case has been <laughs> untrue since the beginning. Uh, the original book by Frank Scully in 1950, uh, Behind the Flying Saucers, I read that at that time, and I uh, didn't really believe it because there were some things in it that were rather strange and startling. And let me and just then, interrupt for a second, Jim. I recall that Scully wrote one article for Saucer News back in the early days. Oh, he probably uh, did, and he may have uh, written more than one. I mean, uh, if I may say so, most of the big names in the Saucer field wrote articles for Saucer News at one time or another. I knew Scully slightly because on my trip around the country in 1953, when I interviewed people all over the place, uh, driving from New York to California and back in a matter of several weeks, one of the people that I interviewed out in Los Angeles was Frank Scully. And uh, Scully's main informant for this alleged landing was a fellow named Silas Newton, who I also interviewed at his home in uh, Denver, Colorado. You know, this so. is something we should explore because the general perception is that Newton was a con man, but then yes. Scott Ramsey's book tries to say, well, what he got charged with, he never spent any time in jail. So it well, doesn't yes, really seriously but, uh, impact what you think about him. Reading something else, and I can't remember right offhand what it is. Oh, yes, it's something written by Jerry Clark, I think. There were several cases over a period of many years where Silas Newton was charged with many different alleged frauds. And, and so it's interesting, Ramsey is trying to play down that one particular case that we're talking about. He says only one of Newton's victims or associates complained, and, and that caused them to have to go to court. He also says that they, now there's two versions, I think, they either dropped charges, they did have a, a court hearing, and they either dropped charges or they just made uh, him pay for the cost of court, 
or perhaps there's a third uh, version that there was a small fine. But the idea behind this is that all they wanted to do was hush Newton up. You see, he was an outstanding businessman and a good fellow and so forth. And but you see, free. today he'd be a Wall Street millionaire. Really? How's that? He'd be a Wall Street millionaire today for what, what he did. Why would he be a Wall Street millionaire? <laughs> but he'd be in jail. Like no, we don't Wall put Street Wall Street millionaires who cheated people in jail. So the point is... You just yes, give to the Republican Party. I'm sorry, I didn't want to get political. Ramsey tries extremely hard to downplay the thing, but I, I have copies of the two articles that were written in the 1950s by a man named J.P. Kahn, C-A-H-N. Right, and that's where Ramsey really attacks and goes after Kahn, claiming well, that he, Kahn uh, claimed, only wrote these articles because he wanted to get a piece of the action on Scully's book and well, exactly, couldn't get involved. Yeah. He, according to that version, he believed the story himself, uh, which is odd because I'm almost sure Scully didn't believe it. You know, I want to get into that interview as we get to our next segment, because this is going to be fascinating. So remember, ladies and gentlemen, Jim Mosley in the 1950s went around the country to interview people about flying saucers, including Silas Newton and Frank Scully. And we'll get to that and more with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. If you want to get your website online and you need reliable service, first-class service at the lowest possible price, there's only one place to go. Well, DreamHost has a special promotion with our show where they'll offer you unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, one-click web apps such as WordPress, 24-7 support. You can save over $55. You want to know how? Go to DreamHost.com radio, DreamHost.com radio. Fake Magazine provides true reports of the strange and unknown. Keep up with the latest on angels and miracles, psychic phenomena, ghosts, UFOs, life after death, and much, much more. To receive your free issue of Fate Magazine, call now at 1-800-728-2730 or visit their website at www.fatemag.com. That's 1-800-728-2730. What are you waiting for? Your fate awaits. All whey protein powders are not created equal. Fresh liquid whey has been used for hundreds of years to restore health to the sick and youth to the aging. Why is it that no one reports these benefits from today's whey protein powders? It is because they are all processed with heat or chemicals which damages them, making them a burden for your body and making it more likely to cause allergies. One World Whey's True Cool process retains all the powerful properties of fresh raw whey in a concentrated powder. One World Whey is speeding up the body's ability to get healthy and it is replacing the need for many other supplements. To learn how One World Way may help you with fat loss, the elimination of inflammation and pain, detoxification of heavy metals, intestinal health, brain function, and increases in strength, energy, and muscle size, call 888-988-3325. Mention coupon code KNOCKOUT and you'll receive a free tube of knockout pain cream with your order, which eliminates soft tissue pain in 10 minutes for 90% of users. Call 888-988-3325 or visit OneWorldWay.com. That's OneWorld, W-H-E-Y.com. BePrepared.com heats up July with the hottest sale on the web. 
going on now. Save 28% on freeze-dried raspberries or save on our three-day light emergency kit, a $50 value. This month, just $30.99. Plus, all one-year supplies are on sale at BePrepared.com. This month, save over $350 on our traditional 2,000-year supply of food. Now, just $12.99.99. And get a hand grain mill free. Or choose our most popular year supply, the Premium 2000. It gives you 2,000 calories per day from a variety of nutritious meals for one whole year. Save over $700 plus get a free Catadine Hiker water filter, a $75 value. More details and more hot July savings at BePrepared.com now through July 31st. Call 800-999-1863 to experience exceptional customer service and BePrepared.com's low price guarantee. That's 800-999-1863. The choice is clear. Be unprepared or BePrepared.com. So you don't want to carry a gun, but you do want to ensure your personal safety. Then empower yourself legally with self-defense products from StunGunMikes.com. Stun guns come in more shapes than just what you see on TV. Now you can get a powerful mini stun gun that fits in the palm of your hand, a stun baton, or a cell phone or lipstick stun gun. StunGunMikes.com also carries real spy gear like bug and metal detectors and discreet car and home security cameras that hide in almost any type of everyday object, from alarm clocks to pens. Now you can see how your babysitter really treats your children. Go to StunGunMikes.com, spelled just like it sounds. StunGunMikes.com Buy real spy gear from StunGunMikes.com just like the exact same spy gear sold to the government, military, corporate security, law enforcement, and private detectives. Empower yourself with self-defense products now from StunGunMikes.com We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. With Gene Steinberg and Chris O'Brien. Chris, by the way, his updated site, OurStrangePlanet.com, is live. We're working on getting that video feed up. Okay? And Chris will tell you more about that later. We've got Jim Mosley, editor of Saucer Smear, joining us. A treasure in ufology. And as we say, sometimes the court jester, sometimes very serious. Now we're going to a serious time in his life when Jim first got involved in UFO research. This is something that's already mentioned in that book, Shockingly Close to the Truth, from Prometheus Books. It's still, I guess, available. They have a couple of oh, thousand yeah, copies. It's available. I just don't get any money, but I'm sure, I'm sure it's available. Well, if enough of our listeners buy a copy, Jim might get some money. In any that case, would- okay, so you met up with Frank Scully. Tell the story. Well, meeting Frank Scully wasn't just uh, that. I interviewed him, and he told me uh, pretty much the same stuff that was in the book. Uh, The same would be true of uh, Silas Newton. Uh, These were not exposés or anything. It was just to have the pleasure of meeting them and hear their own words and hopefully get some exclusive or some new angle, but I don't remember that I actually did. Let's get a sense of the people, though. You talk to Scully, he says whatever he wrote in the book is true, etc., etc. What's your perception of him as a person at the time? Well, I have notes which are also all the way across the room. I was not impressed with him as a person. I had already read uh, his book about three years earlier. And meeting him 
I would try to recall exactly how I felt, but I, I didn't think he was a serious person for various reasons. He didn't seem to be the kind of person that could be this serious about this kind of story. We also have to re remember that Frank Scully was a entertainment uh, person, not a scientist by any stretch of the imagination. The summary he wrote, here being he was a gossip columnist. Well, that's right. He wrote a column for a variety, which is the showbiz newspaper, magazine, whatever you want to call it. And he did that for a long time, and so he was in with showbiz and so forth. But that doesn't make him a uh, scientific person or a serious person. And uh, the more I rehash it, uh, going through all of this stuff again now, now that it's sort of become popular or unpopular again, I do not get the feeling that uh, Scully ever believed this, and I don't think Newton and, and Newton's uh, partner, uh, Leo Jabauer, I don't think they believed it either. I think they probably made it up to get more attention and to get more money, ultimately, for their oil schemes, which was their main thing that they did in, in life over a period of years. Okay, so, now let's, let's, let's look at Scully, because Ramsey claims to have seen Scully's private papers. Yeah. Now, the private papers, at least as far as the Ramsey book is concerned, showed a person who was very seriously interested in the subject and trying to tell what he thought was accurate information. But how do we know that? I mean, uh, that's his interpretation, or yours, or what? Uh, well, I, how it was we, his, how obviously. How do we know that these private papers tell us that? Because I've read the book, and I, I don't remember that exactly. Well, you didn't read the Ramsey book, though. Yeah, yeah, the Ramsey book, the new book, yeah. Oh, you did read that? Yeah. Okay. And, and, and all I think is that in private papers, there is nothing definitive against either Newton or Scully as far as confessing anything. Well, in other words, they seem to stand by their stories, both of them, in the things that they've written, but that does not make those stories true, nor does it even mean that they actually did believe these stories themselves, you see. I mean, uh, uh, I can't think of it any other way. Yes, I, I waded through the Ramsey book, and it's interesting, and uh, there's a lot of documents attached uh, to it, and, and uh, some of them don't seem to really be pertinent, and some of them you can hardly read, and I don't know, I didn't get a lot out of that. I uh, hear that uh, Ramsey is a nice guy. I've talked to him on the phone once. I, I don't really know him, but everybody says he's a nice guy, but he must be pretty gullible to uh, believe the Aztec story. Okay, so you met also Silas Newton. Same yeah, impression, straight, deceptive what? Well, um, again, I, I didn't, uh, nothing he said impressed me. Uh, positively. Uh, for instance, I remember there was one horrendous hoax that everybody took as a joke. There was a, uh, currently at that time a story from uh, one of the newspapers in, in Los Angeles. I, I forget, maybe the Los Angeles Times. But anyway, a fellow uh, walked in one day and asked for a job, and uh, he had strange powers. He looked normal and human. Uh, and, but they called him Venusio for some reason, because I guess he mentioned being from Venus. And he had great powers of investigation, 
and did very well on the paper. And the only other thing I remember is that he once was asked to put his thumbprint on some kind of a metal table, let's say, and they then found that it would take 1,700 pounds of pressure to make a thumbprint as deep as he did. So we uh, learned from all of that that he had strange powers, and he was from another planet, and he disappeared after a few weeks, and the whole thing was 99.9% just a inside joke among some newspaper men, and they didn't mind if other people heard about it. I mean, that was just worse than Aztec, and that was one of the stories that... Uh, that uh, Newton told me as uh, being interesting and current and true, current at that time, of course. So, I mean, if he could swallow that, uh, what hope is there for him? I don't know. The only other interesting thing is that I happened to get to meet uh, Newton in, in Denver, Colorado, on the 29th of December, 1953, which was the exact day that he was convicted. <laughs> That's almost, uh, I don't know what you would call that. But uh, I got to Denver, and the, head the headline in one of the newspapers that day was uh, Doodlebug Hair Convicted. Uh, Doodlebug was the name of this uh, machine that they used to uh, discover oil, supposedly. And, and uh, it was Newton and uh, Jabauer who were convicted that day. So I had not made an appointment or anything to uh, talk to Newton, and I had no idea even if he was in town. I was strange in those days. I never made appointments. I just went to a city, and nine out of ten times the person I wanted to meet would be there, and everything would go fine. So I called up Newton on the phone, and I was fearful that he'd be all upset about being uh, convicted and so forth and that he wouldn't want to see me. And he was very nice. He said, yeah, well, I'm tired of hearing about this uh, court case, and I'd be very happy to talk about flying saucers for a change. And so I went out to his house and spent several hours with him that night. Okay, so basically summing this up, in your point of view, Jim Mosley, Aztec was a hoax, and Scott Ramsey may believe everything about it, but... Well, I think that he's sincere. He's uh, sincere, but... The case is a hoax. We'll have more with Jim Mosley. You're with Gene, Chris. You're in the Paracast. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items. And entails T-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast jumbo tote bag, all sorts of T-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. 
That's the swag from the Paracast. If you go to store.theparacast.com, stop by and take a shopping tour. If you owe money to the IRS, you can't make the problem go away by yourself. But with the help of Dan Pilla, you can get your problem solved once and for all. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. For 30 years, I've helped thousands of people solve their tax debt problem, and I can help you solve yours, too. We take a very simple but proven three-step approach to solving your problem. First, we stabilize IRS collection actions so you don't have to worry about the IRS seizing your bank account or paycheck. Next, we build a comprehensive plan to get your tax debt reduced to the fullest extent possible, sometimes even completely eliminated. And finally, we work with you every step of the way to get your problem solved once and for all. Call us for a free consultation. Call 1-800-346-6829. We'll work together to get your problem solved guaranteed. Dan Pilla has been protecting taxpayers from the IRS for three decades, and he can help you too. Call us today at 800-346-6829. That's 800-34-NO-TAX. Now at DeseretFoodStore.com, sign up for a one-month supply of delicious food for only $99 with free shipping. That's right, only $99. Gourmet restaurant-style meals with a 30-year shelf life. Packaged in heavy-duty Mylar bags for easy transport and freshness. Meals like stroganoff, lasagna, teriyaki, five-bean chili, granola pancakes, and much more. Visit DeseretFoodStore.com, spelled D-E-S-E-R-E-T, FoodStore.com, or call 801-444-1444. Food for now, food for life. In a coming-apart world, you need something to keep it tied together. That something is Atwood Rope, the highest quality rope made in the USA from exotic braids for military, rescue, arborists, shipyards, tow line, or boating. Quality rope at affordable prices you and your customers can depend on. Find a dealer or shop online at atwoodrope.net. Enter promo code RADIO to receive 100 feet of 550 paracord free with purchase. Atwood Rope, working to keep the world tied together. Will I have garlic breath after I take Ali C? We get that question all the time about the world's best garlic extract, Ali C. And the answer is, Ali C contains stabilized allicin, nature's antimicrobial agent, and the active ingredient in crushed garlic, but will not give you garlic breath. Scientifically proven in double-blind studies, using low doses of allicin greatly reduces the number, severity, and duration of common colds. Our powerful Ali C contains 300 milligrams of stabilized allicin. Just one tablet of Ali C is equivalent to 40 garlic cloves. It's effective against asthma, MRSA, bacterial, fungal, and viral infections, and helps lower high blood pressure and high cholesterol. Plus, it's a natural mosquito repellent. Boost resistance to infection with nature's best garlic extract, Ali C. For more information and to order Ali C, call 877-888-7126 or go to garlichealthproducts.com. That's 877-888-7126 or garlichealthproducts.com. Fight back with Ali C. This is Leslie Kane, and I'm with the Coalition for Freedom of Information, and you are listening to the Paracast. Back with Jim Mosley, editor of Saucer Smear, who's been in the UFO field for three or 4,000 years. At least. At least. Uh, and we were talking about the Aztec case, the summary being... Well, I was about to ask you, have you had Ramsey on the show? Yes. Well, what did you think of him uh, yourself? He's very sincere. He and Suzanne, I had Suzanne on too. They're very yeah. sincere about the case. Obviously, you can call the book a case for the prosecution, but the defense may be the one that prevails this time. Uh, I don't understand that. The prosecution being in favor of a UFO crash, the defense saying nothing happened. 
wouldn't it be the other way around? But never mind. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I just, You're right, Jim. Well, yeah, it depends. I, if you say prosecution is in favor of something happening and the defense saying, no, it didn't happen. Well, if you put it that way, perhaps. There is one thing in the book, uh, in, in Scully's original book, and I suppose it's repeated in Ramsey's book. Uh, I'm, I'm sure it has to be a little bit of it there somewhere. And, and that's this thing about the system of nines. Have you heard of that, Gene? I've the heard system? of it, but I think you've got to tell our listeners this is really, really uh, uh, fascinating is, or uh, weird. This is one of the main uh, contentions in, in, in the Scully book. The system of nines would be just that, uh, which I'll try to explain. But I'll start out this way. We use a system of tens, no doubt, because we have ten fingers. And so it would be reasonable and logical that we would uh, do our mathematical system that way. Now, I this is just on the borderline of my knowledge of math. I know you can do a system of nines or tens or or any reasonable number that you want, and and that can be done. It can, you can restructure the mathematical thing so that it comes out that way. But uh, that has nothing to do with the following. They claim that the dimensions of several saucers, but taking just the one that supposedly crashed at Aztec, and because they say others crashed elsewhere, the dimensions of these saucers are either ending in nine, like one dimension is 99.99 feet, which is extremely strange, or other dimensions are like uh, 18 inches or something. What? <laughs> there is no connection between things ending in nine or a multiple of nine, which is a, they say also happens, either nine or a multiple of nine, has nothing whatever to do with a system of nines. And if you did it the way I'm thinking, which is too complex to explain, and I barely understand it myself, you would just leave nine out. You'd go one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, ten. Nine would be missing if you did it that way, okay? And so and nothing would end in nine, <laughs> not everything. But the worst thing is that the dimensions are in feet and inches, and that, that does it. Do they use feet and inches on other planets? They hardly use feet and inches outside of the United States on this planet. Well, that's right. We stubbornly stick to that, which is part of an ancient uh, British system, and we're a former British colony. Now, I'm not sure how many of the other former colonies uh, still use feet and inches, but I think most of them use the metric system, which is another uh, form of uh, system of tens, but much better than feet and inches. So the point is, when I remember this distinctly, in 1950, when I read the book the first time, and it was a little hard to take, but when I got to that, I always had a vaguely mathematical bent, and not like to be an engineer or anything, but I just enjoyed math in school and went as far as I wanted to in it. And when I saw this stuff about the system of nines, I said, that does it. This is impossible, therefore the whole thing is nonsense. I mean, that was what did it for me. 
And the other thing that goes with that is magnetic lines of force. Are you familiar with them? Explain to our listeners. You've got to explain to our listeners when you talk about things like this because it may be something that it's not on their radar. Well, I don't know much about magnetic lines of force. I'd have to have Scully's book in front of me. But somehow these spaceships propel themselves not with any kind of fuel, fossil fuel or other fuel of any kind, there is a method that I cannot explain to you at this time whereby they travel by crossing magnetic lines of force. Apparently, these lines are all through the universe. And if you know okay, but here's do, the point, Jim. All that yes. stuff could be ignored, and there still could have been, I say could have been, a UFO crash at Aztec, New Mexico, and all this theorizing is just nonsense and window well, dressing it, having it, nothing it, to do with it, anything. It's not theorizing when they claim that they measured a spaceship and its dimensions all end in nine or multiples of nine. They know Regardless, even if they know that, there's no reason to think that's their measuring system. I mean, let's measure one of our cars and come up with something. And, okay, this Honda is 193 inches long, so it's a system of threes. I don't know. Well... There's just no correlation. To me, it just makes no sense. And it doesn't make the Honda less real. It just means people are interpreting something in a ridiculous way. But here's a thing that I wonder well, about, well, too. Well, let me uh, just say this. I did talk to Ramsey once on the phone, and he was uh, pleasant and everything. Now, remember, this system of nines is mentioned again and again in Scully's book. And I believe it's probably taken apart in Khan's articles, which I have not read yet. But I, I mentioned it to uh, Scott Ramsey, and I don't necessarily have his precise words, but very close to this is what he said. Uh, either it wasn't important, or more likely he said, yes, I don't remember who said that. Well, I think that is really what he said. Well, who said it would be Scully in Scully's book. So his remarks was off the subject, and ridiculous. Obviously, he wanted to downplay the system of nines because it makes no sense. That's all I'm saying about that. Okay, speaking I, I of making sense, should. I wonder with all this, a lot of people don't take Aztec seriously, although obviously Ramsey is one of the few. But Stanton Friedman wrote the introduction to the book. Yes, that's, thank you for leading me into my next topic. Yeah, uh, I do that. I just kind of sense yeah, where you're going. Stanton Friedman is a very nice guy. I've known him since the 60s. We got on the lecture circuit at uh, just about the same time in, in the mid-60s, and uh, I got off the circuit after a few years, and he continued on and got better and, and lots of money. Uh, in other words, he made a living out of this, which I don't begrudge him. Uh, all these years, he's written a handful of books. He's written endless papers, as he calls them, and He's gone to hundreds of conventions as a lecturer, and he's very prolific and uh, does everything very well. However, he could not uh, persist in that uh, form of making a living if he were, like I am, down the middle with this stuff. In other words, there's some stuff I believe for reasons that seem reasonable to me and some that I don't. Friedman believes almost everything. He believes in Roswell, he believes in Aztec, he believes in MJ-12, he believes in the book that we were talking about on, on the phone, 
yesterday, I think, uh, shoot them down. Uh, Explain to our listeners, this is a book where we're talking about orders by the military allegedly in the late 40s and early 50s to shoot down UFOs or attempt to shoot down UFOs. Right, right. Well, he, I have not seen that book, and some kind person will probably send me one, especially since I did this radio show today. But however that may be, uh, I think he did an introduction for Shoot Them Down also. So it is to his advantage to believe most of, of the uh, big items in the uh, pantry of saucer activities, you might say, because if he didn't, uh, he couldn't sell as many books and he couldn't be as popular among the hardcore. I'll tell you what, and we have this hardcore announcement to make. We have Jim Mosley, you're with Gene and Chris, you're in The Paracast. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. Ray Perkins, a reclusive veteran burned out from the Gulf War, lives tortured by relentless, perplexing nightmares. Nightmares of a horrific battle in deep space and of a mysterious woman suffering in agony for her devastated world. A woman not yet born, calling across centuries to him. Then, a coincidence leads him to his destiny, his chance to alter the universe. Attack of the Rockwells. The former fiction editor for Star Wars and Indiana Jones, Robert Simpson, writes... The soul of the novel Attack of the Rockoids lies in its heart and passion for building a convincing tale of a love that spans a galaxy. A thrilling story. Attack of the Rockoids is available now. Read a sample chapter and get a special discount off of the cover price at our website, rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Attack of the Rockoids, a novel in the grand science fiction tradition. Let's keep preparedness simple. Do you need stuff for disasters? Of course you do. For over 15 years, DisasterStuff.com has, well, stuff for disasters. See? Easy to remember. DisasterStuff.com. Want free shipping on a new Berkey water filter? DisasterStuff.com is the official Berkey in-stock shipping center. Lots of folks want an EMP Faraday bag to protect sensitive electronics during a solar or nuclear event. Now for a limited time, all survival gear purchases over $75 include a free 8x8-inch EMP Faraday bag. Just enter promo code EMP bag when you check out at DisasterStuff.com. We're also a country living grain mill authorized dealer. Plus, we offer freeze-dried foods by Alpine Air and Wise Foods. We also carry emergency kits, survival seeds, and much more. Preparedness should be simple, and it is. Just remember, DisasterStuff.com. Freedom through self-reliance and personal responsibility. Hello? Congratulations. For what? For losing all that weight. How'd you do it so fast? ASAP. ASAP what? What's that mean? Are you ready to get as skinny as possible, as soon as possible, as simple as possible, and as sexy as possible? I'm listening. Then get with the ASAP program. It's real and it works. 
No smooth talk, no slick advertising, and no exaggerated claims of success. I've got to know more. Welcome to ASAP, as slim as possible. Whether you have 10, 20, or 50 pounds to lose, ASAP is your weight loss answer. ASAP targets the abnormal fat reserves and makes them available to be burned as fuel and contains no caffeine or hormones. Order ASAP at wholesale prices or join the team to share the business with others. Visit GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. Lose weight and look great with ASAP, as slim as possible. The man who predicted the fall of communism is now predicting the fall of capitalism. He's dined with the Rockefellers, hung out with the Clintons, banged heads with the Beltway, and inspired companies, movements, and empires that have brought forth revolutionary change. He sat shoulder to shoulder with figures like George Bush Sr., Steve Forbes, Margaret Thatcher, and Boris Yeltsin, to name but a few. And his volume of work set out his groundbreaking financial newsletter, Strategic Investment, was so far ahead of its time, it helped transform not just the fates and fortunes of thousands of investors, but also the fates and fortunes of entire nations for the first time in 17 years he's back once again with his first controversial video presentation go to fallofcapitalism.com to watch him reveal a landmark development which he believes will set off the most violent economic reversal in history one that carries the power to bring down the entire capitalist system go to fallofcapitalism.com to watch his controversial video before the powers that be wipe it from the internet again it's www.fallofcapitalism.com Southern, the author of UFO Mysteries, and you're listening to the Paracast. With Gene and Chris, we have Jim Mosley, editor of Saucer Smear. A little bit later, Jim will tell you how to get a copy. By the way, listeners, if you want to hear Frank Faschino Jr. and Stanton Friedman, and Frank wrote the book Shoot Him Down, we had them on the October 7th, 2007 edition of the Paracast. So you get a sense then of what's going on. And apparently he also has another book, the Braxton County Monster Revised Edition, with also yeah. forward and epilogue by Stanton Friedman. Yes, and I really would want to read uh, at least one of those books because it's all based, or uh, the starting point is the Flatwoods Monster, which is just one little incident, and I don't know how he, how he brought in all that other stuff, which is probably non-existent, but I can't be sure until I read the book. The point is that... Let's go back to the point of the Flatwoods Monster, since that seems to be the focal point. Now, this is, what, 1952. It was the first or maybe one of the last serious UFO cases investigated by the late Gray Barker. So this was before we had Mothman. Uh, I don't know what you mean by that. He rarely went out physically to investigate anything, uh, either before or after that. What you're trying to say is that... Uh, incident got him into the saucer field because he lived in West Virginia and uh, probably, let's say, 100 miles from Flatwoods. Actually, Flatwoods was uh, just maybe 5 or 10 miles from from the part of West Virginia. Did he go out to Flatwoods to see this, or did he do this by telephone? Oh, no, no, no. He went there. Okay, that's what uh, I was saying. That was my point, that he actually went and investigated this. Well, that's what got him started on flying saucers. And and Ivan Sanderson also went there in person. But all you have there is a group of teenagers and one older lady, all of them frightened and going up a hill or a tiny mountain in the dark and confused and uh, 
they didn't even give exactly the same interpretations of, of what they saw, even though they were all together. They may it's almost like fun. they make the reality TV shows today where they shoot footage at night and make it look yeah. as frightening as possible. For those who watch or have seen Chasing UFOs or any of these other shows on TV that do that kind of thing. Now, I haven't read uh, any of the Flatwood Monster stuff for a long time, uh, but uh, the big thing was some kind of a floating monster with uh, peculiar eyes and so on. And one or more of the uh, debunkers, I don't remember which ones now, but they claim that what they probably saw was a large owl. And, and that sounds comical, and usually when the debunkers come up with something that far off the wall, I just laugh and don't pay any attention to it. But then I got thinking about it just recently. And maybe they did see a giant owl, because they're... Uh, if you go back and read at least one of the descriptions, it sounds like it could be that. But whatever it was, it wasn't part of the whole interplanetary warfare thing, and it's uh, disgraceful for a bright, intelligent man like Stanton Friedman to write uh, introductions. And <laughs> he writes, what, two articles in each book, uh, a foreword and an afterword or something? Wasn't that what you said? Well, in one book, yeah, he writes the foreword and the epilogue, so that way he can oh, write okay, a couple of thousand epilogue. words and have his name attached to a book. But one is the introduction, one is the epilogue. Yeah, Therefore, yeah, well, he's a book writer. Well, yeah, his name is helping to sell the book, that's all. And, and it uh, feeds from both sides. Since his name is in it, as one of the writers in it, it, it uh, makes it more likely that people will buy it when he stands endlessly at these conventions selling books uh, to the people that go to the convention. I mean, uh, sure, they would, if they're interested enough to come to hear him, they'll be interested in any book that he seems to have had something to do with. But that doesn't make anything true. You see, the reason that he's making a living from sauces and I'm making absolutely nothing is because he knows how to do it. And I... Uh, have no hope of making a living from this, so I don't even try to do it in a way that would work uh, financially. So the and suggestion here, here you're making is that Friedman deliberately withholds skepticism because of the lectures. Exactly. He has a master's degree in science, and uh, he feels badly. I, I've talked to him many times that he didn't go to the trouble of getting his doctorate because that adds to uh, anybody's prestige, but he's got a beard, which, you know, J.C. had a beard. A lot of serious people have beards, especially scientists these days, and that makes him more impressive. And, uh, you know, I don't begrudge him any of this, but whether he's sticking with the truth, I, I would doubt it, because, as I started to say a moment ago, he's intelligent enough, surely, to know that a lot of this is nonsense, but... He, he's stuck with this field. He's been in it for many years. And if he starts just uh, picking out the nonsense items, he won't have too much left. At least that's the way I would see it. Yeah, that was a really good point. Uh, one thing about Stan that I find very interesting is once he makes a stand about a particular case or a particular um, you know, analysis of a case, let's say, um, Come hell or high water, he's going to stick to his guns and support oh, that case. Absolutely. Yeah, he does not. He, I've never heard Stanton Friedman admit that maybe he was wrong. 
Never. You you have made an excellent point. He and I have argued, and I'm sure he's argued with other people about it. You know, there were 12 people in MJ-12. Strange that there would be 12 people, but that's the way it was. And uh, the uh, uh, knowledge that we now have about the alleged MJ-12 group didn't come out until the last of the 12. They were all real people when they were alive, but by the time we heard about the group, all of them were dead. Now, one of the 12, this is the one that uh, I and some other people find most interesting, was Dr. Donald Menzel, who was the, um, what would we say, the head of Harvard Observatory, which is a very prestigious title to have. And I met him a couple of times, uh, etc. but the point is he wrote several anti-saucer books, very much like Phil Class did in, in, in later years. And he was a very strongly anti-UFO, and, and, and some of his debunking uh, arguments were absurd, but we could get into that later. It was very emotional. I saw him once on a TV show, I think it was called Open Minds, not like the current publication. On yeah. um, NBC, he was on with John G. Fuller, and he had yeah. almost an emotional breakdown on the air talking about UFOs. And now, I can't think that a person who is faking it, like he's supposed now, to do, would be that emotionally bad. vested in it. Nobody can be that good a liar, I don't think. Well, I, I, yes. But just going back to that, I never talk about it because I didn't remember, as you do, which show it was. But there is a strong rumor, and you just confirmed it, that he got so upset and excited that he... I think for years had a heart heart condition. They were afraid he was going to have a heart attack, and I think they uh, shortened it or got him off the air or did something because he was really going under. Uh, I've, I've heard about that. Quite well, a lot. John Fuller tried to ask him questions about a specific case, and Menzel couldn't answer. Obviously, Menzel was shooting from the hip. He was making it up. He had no knowledge of what was going on. But the point is, he was emotionally vested in being a debunker. It's not somebody who's a hired hand. You know, a hired hand is going to be somebody exactly. who's going to come so, across yeah. smooth, efficient, everything, and his basic interest would be to express a point of view. Yes, he can sound sincere, but there's a point where sincerity becomes outright emotional breakdown, and this was the point of emotional breakdown. Well, see, very well said, but the point... Thank you. One of the, one of the points here is that Dr. Menzel was supposed to have been knowledgeable about the uh, alien crash at Roswell and perhaps even been one of the scientists involved in investigating it. And according to Friedman, and he won't back down, he's gone to an infinite amount of trouble. He uh, went to various uh, libraries and uh, places that people's uh, deceased records are kept and so on. And he has found out that Menzel did some interesting things. He, he, uh, the most interesting was that during World War II, he was in the code-breaking business. I forget what the proper word is. but So he, he was in some interesting things, but there is nothing that Menzel, that uh, Friedman found anywhere. And he did go to a lot of trouble and time looking for all this stuff. But he won't face the fact that he cannot quote a single document that indicates that uh, Menzel had anything to do 
with, with Roswell or that there ever was a group called MJ-12. Now we'll get into and, more of MJ-12 and Donald Menzel and Stanton Friedman and so many more things. So many more people we're going to attack today. From Jim Mosley <laughs> with Gene and Chris, you're in the Paracast. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you'd like to listen to GCN programs on the go, I have great news. GCN has created a Droid and iPhone application, and it's free. Just as easy as going to GCNlive.com, click on the banner, and download. Before you know it, you'll be listening to your favorite hard-hitting GCN shows, live or on demand, right on your Droid or iPhone, 24-7 and on the go. So download the Droid and iPhone app free by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Thanks again for listening to GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. He takes on the ruling class. Fabian for Liberty. He offers piercing political analysis. Fabian for Liberty. He's on the front lines of restoring the Republic. Fabian for Liberty. Fabian for Liberty. Spelled F-A-B-I-A-N. The number four, Liberty. Fabian for Liberty. Fabian for Liberty. Subscribe now for weekly updates on the Fabian for Liberty YouTube channel. Helping humanity prepare in uncertain times. FabianforLiberty.com. The next generation of alternative media. That's the sound of your door being kicked in by an intruder with a single kick. That's the sound of the same door now protected by the Door Sentinel at MySafeDoor.com. Go to MySafeDoor.com right now and watch the amazing video. At MySafeDoor.com, you'll learn how to turn your home into a fortress with the Door Sentinel. 16 kicks later, and the Door Sentinel is still holding strong. MySafeDoor.com. That's MySafeDoor.com. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. The one, the only, Jim Mosley, editor of Saucer Smear. And we're talking about UFO researcher Stan Friedman, who now will never come on the Paracast again after we've attacked him mercilessly. But it's Jim's fault, Stan. <laughs> Jim did it. I didn't yeah, do we'll it. Yeah, we blame it on Jim. Everything is Jim's fault. But the key point here, Jim, that maybe we should point out, is that any scientist of note who was prominent in the 50s and 60s and 70s and was middle-aged or beyond probably was involved in some kind of government program during World War II. Nothing unusual about that. Oh, sure. And uh, I brought this uh, up with Friedman just recently. We've been going back and forth on... This has been going on for 35 years, this debate. Huh? This debate has been going on for decades. Well, this particular little point has been going on for a few months, and I've had a couple of letters in in Smear from Friedman on on, uh, this subject. 
But uh, I thought I had uh, Friedman into a corner because I said, how could it be if he knew about uh, Roswell and so on, and he knew as a fact then that saucers are interplanetary and they have landed here, why would he go out of his way after the war and, and so on and for many years? I don't remember just how many books he wrote, but three, four, or five debunking saucers. Wouldn't he at least not bother to do that since he knew the truth? And uh, Friedman won't go for that either. Oh, sure. If he was under orders, uh, he, Friedman's big thing is that uh, Menzel could keep a secret better than anyone else. And he had a security check at some point in the 40s, I guess, and he passed it with fine colors because everybody agreed that he could absolutely keep a secret. So we have to believe that not only did he keep perfectly the secret of his knowledge about uh, Roswell and so forth, but he went out of his way to lie uh, in all these books. And and that just seems contrary to human nature. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's a good I point, Jim. I, I mean, I, why would somebody? I don't somebody... know if there's any listeners out there, but when well, the... there's going to be a lot of listeners, boy. When, uh, anytime you're on, anytime you're asleep. on the show. When the no, no, no we were both waiting asleep. for each other to chime in. But but you make a good point, Jim. Why yeah. would somebody, you know, have an emotional breakdown on the air, being so vehement about his uh, non-belief in UFOs, coming up with ridiculous uh, explanations like? Oh, uh, many people think they see UFOs because they have a little dust mote in their eye or there's some moisture in the eye. He came up with some of the most ludicrous explanations to explain UFOs. Why would somebody who uh, is being listed as one of the inside guys in MJ-12, why would he spend a lifetime debunking the subject so vehemently? It doesn't make sense. Well, let me me tell you something else. Here is one bit of research on this that... I don't think anybody else did, but I might be wrong. In his latter years, it appears that Menzel's closest friend was a retired psychiatrist in Boston named Ernest Taves, T-A-V-E-S, who had a doctorate, of course. He was a psychiatrist. And somehow I got hold of Taves, this is quite a few years ago, and I got a couple of letters. I don't remember if we talked on the phone, too. We probably did. But I, I got a couple of letters from him, and the gist of it was that he, in uh, Menzel's latter years, that he, Taves, was his best friend, and they shared everything with each other, and he knew Menzel very, very well. He could have been exaggerating, but he very specifically told me that uh, the idea that Menzel uh, secretly knew that saucers were real, etc., is absolutely impossible. It was. It would be contrary to Menzel's nature. And furthermore, according to Taves, if if he had been, let's say, uh, a uh, witness or whatever to Roswell, and and know, and if he knew what happened there, he might be willing to go along with the secrecy for a couple of months or so. But when he saw the government was going to keep such a a universally important thing secret indefinitely, they, then he would have spoken up. Now, that's Tavis's opinion. It doesn't prove anything. But if what he's saying is true, that makes uh, Friedman's stuff uh, all wrong. But Friedman comes right back. Oh, he never told Tavis because he didn't tell anybody. He didn't tell his wife or his family or anybody else. So um, what are you going to do? Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I, I, <laughs> I, again, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me. 
I think uh, most debunkers, uh, once they've made up their mind, I think they have the personality type or profile where the blinders uh, go up and the curtain comes down. And uh, anytime the subject comes up, it's like flashing a red cape in front of a bull. They just they just mindlessly go after it, and uh, they get to a certain point in their process where where they're almost robotic. They go on autopilot. Well, I, I've it, seen... it was odd to see that a man with his education, obviously he was a, a brilliant man, or he he wouldn't have been able to accomplish such things in his career that he did. But it it just seems strange what a mental block he had on the subject of saucers. And very briefly, one time in the 50s, I was down in Miami at the time that something flew over Miami. It sounds like it could have been a meteor, let's say possibly a meteor, but something very bright across the whole sky was seen by everybody. It was in the papers, and I happened to be there at that time. I didn't see it, but I read in the newspaper that Menzel was in, in Miami at some kind of a meeting, and I got hold of him on the phone, and I asked him what this thing was, and no one knows this but me, so therefore I could be making it up, but I swear to you, what he told me on the phone was, it was light reflecting on a cobweb. And I said, but you see, this was, <laughs> went over the whole city. It was seen by everyone that looked up. How could it be that he, and he, he repeated, he said, no, that's what it was. It was light reflecting on a cobweb. And then I knew the man was insane. And I can say that because he did. And uh, His estate's not going to come suing anybody. And by the way, ladies and gentlemen, if you are a lawyer looking for some work, and wish to sue somebody. <laughs> I don't have any money. Chris said he sent his last check to his ex-wife from Finland 50,000 years ago. So he doesn't have any money either. Jim, I don't know if he has any, but don't sue us. Right. So anyway, uh, that's uh, all having to do with the point that, uh, that we made, which was a very good point. Friedman never backs down. No, corner no, no. Him. I, I mean, his case for Menzel having been in MJ-12, if it existed, is so weak. I mean, it's weaker than the Aztec case, but he will not back down or admit he could have been wrong. I, I've never seen him admit he was wrong. You're absolutely right. Just so to put a contrast do? here, Jim, have huh? you ever admitted you were wrong? Oh, quite a few times. And uh, there are even more times when I was wrong and didn't admit it. Let me just tell you right now, I have been wrong so often that it's pathetic. I have had every, as, as Gary Clark said about me, and it's one of the unpleasant things he has said about me that I have to agree with completely. And in, in, I think it's in one of his encyclopedias. He says, uh, Jim has had every possible view uh, over the years, Jim has had every possible view about what flying saucers are, but in none of those uh, periods did he add anything significant to our knowledge. Uh, and uh, I, I think he's pretty close on that. Yes, I uh, certainly have had to back down. And uh, I'm still in the process, by the way, to get semi-serious. As I get older here, and I am very rapidly getting older, I'm, I feel much older now than I did when this program started. 
But, and if we uh, keep going, you'll feel 10 years older by the end. But uh, I really am changing my views more and more to the point uh, which Valet and many others reached long ago, that this is a real phenomenon, but it probably has nothing to do with with uh, things coming in from other planets. And, and I'll tell you what, before we get taken to another planet, by our sponsors complaining about us and our inattention to detail, we'll pay attention to this with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. Ray Perkins, a reclusive veteran burned out from the Gulf War, lives tortured by relentless, perplexing nightmares. Nightmares of a horrific battle in deep space and of a mysterious woman suffering in agony for her devastated world. A woman not yet born, calling across centuries to him. Then, a coincidence leads him to his destiny, his chance to alter the universe. Attack Attack of the Rockaways. The former fiction editor for Star Wars and Indiana Jones, Robert Simpson, writes... The soul of the novel Attack of the Rockoids lies in its heart and passion for building a convincing tale of a love that spans a galaxy. A thrilling story. Attack of the Rockoids is available now. Read a sample chapter and get a special discount off of the cover price at our website, rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Attack of the Rockoids, a novel in the grand science fiction tradition. So you don't want to carry a gun, but you do want to ensure your personal safety. Then empower yourself legally with self-defense products from StunGunMikes.com. Stun guns come in more shapes than just what you see on TV. Now you can get a powerful mini stun gun that fits in the palm of your hand, a stun baton, or a cell phone or lipstick stun gun. StunGunMikes.com also carries real spy gear like bug and metal detectors and discreet car and home security cameras that hide in almost any type of everyday object, from alarm clocks to pens. Now you can see how your babysitter really treats your children. Go to StunGunMikes.com, spelled just like it sounds. StunGunMikes.com Buy real spy gear from StunGunMikes.com just like the exact same spy gear sold to the government, military, corporate security, law enforcement, and private detectives. Empower yourself with self-defense products now from StunGunMikes.com Every day, nearly 3,000 families enter into foreclosure and face losing their home. If you're currently behind on your mortgage, you can still avoid foreclosure. You can save your home, but you need to act now. We're Allied State Foreclosure Services. We're experts in saving homes from foreclosure. With just one phone call to us, you can stop the foreclosure process, lower your monthly mortgage payments, and save your home. Call now. The call is free with no obligation. 1-800-597-8843. Call us if you've been threatened with foreclosure, denied loan modification, or missed a payment on your mortgage. If you've been a victim of a predatory loan or are upside down on your mortgage, even if you've lost your job and you're worried about losing your home, don't wait. Call us now and let us help you save your home. You've worked hard to build a life with your family. Let us help you keep your home. Call now before it's too late. 1-800-597-8843. 1-800-597-8843. 1-800-597-8843. 
Hello? Congratulations. For what? For losing all that weight. How'd you do it so fast? ASAP. ASAP what? What's that mean? Are you ready to get as skinny as possible, as soon as possible, as simple as possible, and as sexy as possible? I'm listening. Then get with the ASAP program. It's real and it works. No smooth talk, no slick advertising, and no exaggerated claims of success. I've got to know more. Welcome to ASAP, as slim as possible. Whether you have 10, 20, or 50 pounds to lose, ASAP is your weight loss answer. ASAP targets the abnormal fat reserves and makes them available to be burned as fuel and contains no caffeine or hormones. Order ASAP at wholesale prices or join the team to share the business with others. Visit GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. Lose weight and look great with ASAP, as slim as possible. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. With Gene and Chris in the Paracast, we've got the one, the only, the legendary Jim Mosley. So legendary that he's now going to tell you how you can get yourself a real, genuine, physical copy of Saucer Smear, Jim? Yeah, Saucer Smear is easy to get by mail. I'm old-fashioned. Uh, I'm not on the Internet in any way that I know of. But uh, you can uh, write to me or just anybody in general at P.O. Box 1709, Key West, Florida, 33041. And I will be glad to send you a free sample copy, and then we'll go on from there. And if I can get a few dollars out of you, I will be glad to do so. That's all it takes. Send him some money, and Jim will send you anything he can send. Yep. But mostly it'll be in the form of copies of Saucer Smear. So anyway, I don't think there has ever been a saucer crash. I say crash anywhere. That's my latest view. Okay, so you're saying there's a reason, there's some explanation. Well... That will satisfy anyone or any of these crash cases, alleged crash cases. It will satisfy the explanation that they're not something that involved E.T. There's several points here. If people or whoever, whatever, from other planets are as advanced uh, as we think they are, or if creatures from another dimension, or whatever it is, if they're highly advanced, as they seem to be, why do they have to crash occasionally just because our aircraft crash occasionally? In other words, if they're supposedly hundreds, thousands, or millions of years ahead of us, and they still crash, I mean, uh, that's like saying they never grow up. Uh, they just have a mind like a baby for their whole life. I mean, it makes no sense at all. So I would assume... If these things are as advanced as they seem to be, I don't think they crash. But I do think they have landed voluntarily a number of times, but in less spectacular cases. Uh, nothing as uh, fantastic or classic or whatever you want to call it as uh, Roswell or Aztec or whatever. That There's been, uh, as you know, both of you, there have been uh, over the years, not much in recent years, but uh, through the 40s, through the through the 70s, I would say, uh, dozens, I don't know how many dozens of cases where some small craft uh, 
comes down to earth in, in many of these cases. There's one, two, three, four witnesses nearby, but never a whole bunch of people. And the creatures come out of the craft, and they each and every time look somewhat different from the last time. They never look the same. The saucer never looks the same. But they, uh, you have to say that probably most of these people are telling the truth and uh, that something landed. But it landed, and then it takes off. And that's why <laughs> not too many people actually see it, because you don't know when and where this uh, very rare type of thing uh, will happen. As you probably both know, or we could all remember together, when I lived up in New Jersey, uh, which I did up until 1983, there was an incident, I believe it was 1974, it might have been 1975, in which a saucer came down in a city park right in the town next to the town that I lived in. It was just a mile or two from where I lived. Now, and I that, feel, by the way, this is a Bud Hopkins story that's coming up? Yeah. yeah okay, well, let's yeah. hear the whole thing. Well, that's interesting you say a Bud Hopkins story. But Bud Hopkins uh, lived in Greenwich Village. He just died recently. He, I don't say he was a drunk or anything, but he was a, a regular patron at a certain uh, liquor store in, in Greenwich Village. And the, I'm not sure if it was the night manager or the owner, or possibly both. It was a, name, a man named George Obarski, who Hopkins knew quite well because he went in there quite often. And apparently, according to the story, Obarski didn't tell anybody publicly about this incident for, I would say, it sounds like five or six months until after the incident happened. And eventually... He told it to Hopkins because uh, I suppose they were friends or whatever, and then Hopkins made it to public. And so uh, nobody heard about it until quite a bit later. Uh, but eventually it was in the newspapers, and the TV uh, crews went out to interview Obarski, and I interviewed him also because he certainly was easy to find. He seemed to be sincere, but who, who knows? He was driving home after the night shift at the liquor store one night and he took you could say a shortcut there's a, a little park there called North Hudson Park uh, which is very familiar to the people in those towns right around there because it would have to be so he uh, saw a uh, object uh, come down I think silently which most of them do and it uh, either hovered very close to the ground or landed on the ground maybe number of yards in front of him, but uh, he could see it well enough to see several creatures got out, small creatures. I don't remember offhand just what they looked like, but uh, this has happened before, but I always get a kick out of this. Each of these little guys had a bucket and a little shovel, and they took soil samples. Uh, <laughs> sounds like there were about six or eight of these. How guys. come they always do that, Jim? They always well, take soil samples uh, and they, look they at flowers it. and rocks like they've never seen them before. It's just yeah, it doesn't make well, sense. Uh, when they land on a river, they have a hose uh, to get water from the river. I mean, they do very peculiar things, which, again, is part of my new way of looking at all this. It's all show. It could be some advanced kind of hologram or something. These are not the real people or, or the real saucers, but I mean, people see what they claim to have seen, but that doesn't mean that that's the real thing. It's like they they're watching a movie that yeah, it's being looped. Yeah. 
Exactly. It's a very good analogy. We are grown up and we know when we see a movie that the people are not really there. It's just a screen with a light on it and so forth. But, uh, you know, what can I say? It, it, it's something that we just don't understand. Uh, it's beyond our comprehension and I don't think we'll get an answer until quite a few years into the future, which will be too late for most, most of us. But anyhow, it's something that we should look forward Let's to. Let's go back to the case. Okay, so they're taking soil samples. Yeah, that's it. And then they got back in the craft and they left. Now, you had some kind of interactions there with Bud Hopkins over the years that started with this particular case. Well, the funny thing is, at that time, Hopkins either had not yet gotten into abduction research or was just starting in in abduction research. The only case that I know of or that other people uh, seem to know about, other than abductions, uh, that Hopkins got involved with was this, and this had nothing to do with abductions. Uh, How he was involved with this case, besides hearing it from the guy who was the witness, he somehow took charge of the case. More or less, you had to go through Hopkins in order to talk to Abarsky. Now, that wasn't literally true. I just went and saw Abarsky on my own. I don't know if he really had to talk to uh, Hopkins about it, but Abarsky told me that Hopkins owns the case or something. Okay, Hopkins owns the case. This is getting fascinating. We have Jim Mosley joining us, editor of Saucer Smear with Gene. And Chris, we own this show. You're in the Paracast. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. G-C-N. Great talk radio starts here. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com The man who predicted the fall of communism is now predicting the fall of capitalism. He's dined with the Rockefellers, hung out with the Clintons, banged heads with the Beltway, and inspired companies, movements, and empires that have brought forth revolutionary change. He sat shoulder to shoulder with figures like George Bush Sr., Steve Forbes, Margaret Thatcher, and Boris Yeltsin, to name but a few. And his volume of work set out his groundbreaking financial newsletter, Strategic Investment, was so far ahead of its time, it helped transform not just the fates and fortunes of thousands of investors, but also the fates and 
fortunes of entire nations. For the first time in 17 years, he's back once again with his first controversial video presentation. Go to fallofcapitalism.com to watch him reveal a landmark development, which he believes will set off the most violent economic reversal in history, one that carries the power to bring down the entire capitalist system. Go to fallofcapitalism.com to watch his controversial video before the powers that be wipe it from the internet. Again, it's www.fallofcapitalism.com. Now at DeseretFoodStore.com, sign up for a one-month supply of delicious food for only $99 with free shipping. That's right, only $99. Gourmet restaurant-style meals with a 30-year shelf life. Packaged in heavy-duty Mylar bags for easy transport and freshness. Meals like stroganoff, lasagna, teriyaki, five-bean chili, granola pancakes, and much more. Visit DeseretFoodStore.com, spelled D-E-S-E-R-E-T, FoodStore.com, or call 801-444-1444. Food for now, food for life. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. The summer specials are on at HHA, Herbal Healer Academy. Current customers know this is the time to save big at HerbalHealer.com. And you customers, welcome to the web's best place to save on vitamins, minerals, and more. Right now, Herbal Healer's summer specials include our 500 parts per million colloidal silver, all sizes on sale. Liquid CalMag Vitamin D and Organic Iodine, CoQ10 with Hawthorne. Colon Enhancer, Super 2, Natural Laxative, our exceptional product Tonixin, Memory Power, and Super Male and Femplex, all on sale for summer at HerbalHealer.com. Also get 10% off on the Herbal Healer Academy Survival Course, information that might save your life. Enjoy same-day shipping and free online newsletter. Log on to our nation's leader in supplying quality natural medicine and education since 1988. Herbal Healer Academy at HerbalHealer.com. Hello, this is Rosemary Ellen Guiley, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. With Gene and Chris, you're in the Paracast with Jim Mosley. And we're going to find out why, if anyone knows, Bud Hopkins tells Jim Mosley or the messages conveyed to Jim Mosley that Bud Hopkins owns this case. Well, I'm not sure in what way he meant that. Maybe Hopkins wanted to get in on whatever money was made. I'm not sure. But uh, the guy himself told me, uh, I never spoke to Hopkins about this or anything else. I only had one phone conversation uh, with Hopkins in my life, and it was very brief and unpleasant, uh, which is another long story. Well, how about making it a short story after this story? A short story after this story. Well, actually, it ties in with this story, uh, so we'll just go on. Tim Beckley, who we all know, lives in New York City, and of course, uh, that's not too far from where this landing happened also. And I believe it was one year exactly after the thing happened, which would be maybe six months after it was uh, made public. Beckley decided to uh, cash in on this in his own way, 
and he staged a ridiculous uh, <laughs> happening in in this little park in, uh, near where I live, where uh, he he was um, what was he doing? He brought in a a psychic from. Uh, Canada, I believe. I don't remember the man's name. And they had a seance in the park, and they were going to try to bring back, uh, in some form, these little men that had landed there months before. It was absolutely absurd. But since I lived so nearby, Beckley asked me if he and some friends of his couldn't use my apartment as their headquarters uh, in this afternoon and evening that they were doing all this stuff. And I said, sure. And it turned out that nobody had called Hopkins, which I don't know if I tied this in with the idea of Hopkins owning the case, but it seemed odd to me that Hopkins was somewhat known, uh, and I guess by that time he was known as a abduction researcher. And I said, well, has anybody called Hopkins about this? And they hadn't, and looking back, maybe they just didn't want to. So I said, well, I'm going to call him, and I just got his name in the phone book and told him about this. And he got absolutely furious. I mean furious. He said, this is what got me. And it's almost as exact words he said. If you don't get those people out of your apartment right now, I will see to it that you never publish anything again for the rest of your life. And I said, well, Mr. Hopkins, you know, I was just trying to be courteous because they hadn't called you about this. And I thought I would. So let's forget it. And that's, after that, we never spoke to each other. And I did get things published, so screw him. I'm still mad. And uh, <laughs> It sounds like this is what keeps you awake at night, worrying about the ghost of Bud Hopkins coming your way. Yeah, yeah. But so, seriously think, speaking, I mean, you know, I had interactions with Bud Hopkins over the years. He seemed like a very pleasant person, so evidently something about you and he made it oil and water. Well, he's an artist of sorts, is what he really is. He's not a scientist or anything like it. And he uh, probably doesn't even claim to be, but his background is in art, and our artists uh, tend to be emotional more than rational, we could say. And uh, so he had a uh, emotional hang-up about me, and uh, maybe I'm more, more. I guess I'm more of an artist than a scientist, also. So we saw each other at conventions once in a while. The best time was uh, he saw me walking by a little area of, of a. Uh, living room or what we say lobby of a motel and he was sitting with some fans and talking to them and, and I was walking by with my camera and he gave me the finger as I walked by and I see I didn't get it fast enough I he did that so that I would take a picture of him giving me the finger but I panicked and figured that the next thing he's going to do is jump up and hit me or something so I, I missed the opportunity. I just kept walking. But that's how well he felt about me later. And then still later, I met him again with Gary Clark, who was a very close friend of Hopkins. And he made a genuine effort to get us to make up. And we shook hands very rigidly or something. And I could hear Hopkins just before he walked up to shake hands with me. He said, you know, I don't even know what all this is about. I have no idea why I'm shaking hands. So, I mean, he <laughs> didn't do any good, but uh, Clark tried that. So, anyway, this was his case. And it's the only case that I know of that, didn't, that he was interested in that didn't have to do with uh, abduction. Now, there have been reports around the world of other so-called crashes. In Brazil, for example, 
It's supposed to be Where? fairly major, like the Brazilian Roswell. Well, I'm not familiar with uh, with that. Uh, when did it happen? Virginia, I, yeah. Okay, so a really good case. I think it was 96, uh, supposed crash of uh, an object and a number of small kind of uh, ant-like creatures uh, with red eyes, uh, I think spikes uh, on their spines uh, that, that one of them, I think, or two of them was captured by by some uh, firemen, supposedly a fireman well, was killed. Uh, what were they, uh, about three or four feet tall or something? Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. And and supposedly one of them escaped uh, and was seen some months later uh, in and around one the... Of them, didn't they take one of them to a hospital or something? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And supposedly NASA personnel uh, were notified and came down. Um, it, I, talked, I spoke at length with John Carpenter uh, right after he got back from investigating the case. Uh, I think it occurred while he was down there, and I, or maybe it was John Mack, I think, may have been down there at the time. Um, a very, very interesting case. I, I did uh, look into yeah, it. Yeah, well, now now that you mention it, I, I've heard of it, and I know a little... I mean, it never... Well, I mean, it didn't have as much detail or even as much superficial credibility as, as let's say, Roswell, as far as I can tell. But, uh, I mean, I never really knew knew that much about it. What can I say? Uh, did anybody examine the craft? I mean, I don't think they ever found the craft, did they? This is yeah, the official did. Wikipedia response. I'll just read it. The Brazilian government officially denies that anything unusual occurred, but some theorists have charged that there was a cover-up, and Kevin Randall is quoted as saying, this is in Wikipedia, that the case is as complicated as any other in the UFO field. So there you go. Okay. And that's it? Well, it's a long entry. I'm just giving you a couple of highlights. I mean, mean, you're never online, so you have to look at, say, a two-page entry. Yeah, well, I can imagine Randall saying that. Randall is... um, Okay, we're going to attack somebody else, ladies and gentlemen. So take down your pad and paper. And now the next target after Jim have gone off against... Frank Scully and Silas <laughs> Newton and Bud Hopkins and Stanton T. Friedman. The next victim, Kevin Randall. Kevin, if you're ready, Jim Osley's after you, man. Well, not really. I'm just giving you a hard time. And no, Kevin's I was, a good guy. He's very I, I was just uh, going to say that I think he loses his objectivity completely when it comes to Roswell. But on other subjects... Uh, we uh, agree on several different things. He, he is uh, strangely against abductions, and I'm not sure why. He, he really takes a, a complete skeptical view about it, that they're all misinterpretations of just natural mental things and so on, that they have nothing to do with saucers. And I, I don't agree with that. I, I don't know anything much about uh, abductions, and I don't think uh, Hopkins did either or any of these people. They never really understood it, and I certainly don't. But something is going on, and I would imagine, just as a educated guess, that some intelligence of whatever sort is playing with these people's minds. I don't think little men just walk through walls and come and visit these people in bed. I don't think that happens at all. But there is an outside force that is causing this. It's not just imagination or mental illness or, or anything like that. There's we have another hidden secret force that's going to attack us if we don't do this. And in case you're wondering about future episodes of the PowerCast, 
Upcoming, we have Greg Bishop. We also have Rosemary Ellen Guiley, who has a new book to discuss with us. We have Jim Mosley of Saucer Smear with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. Whether it's personal mail, whether it's business email, you want reliable, dependable delivery, freedom from spam, freedom from viruses. Well, Polaris Mail offers professional email hosting services for your personal or small business use. Each account uses 25 gigabytes of storage, an easy-to-use webmail interface, and full mobile sync. Sign up today for a 30-day free trial at PolarisMail.com, PolarisMail.com. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It just stopped responding. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Check it out. iWeb.com. That's iWeb.com. We want to know, how do you use WebEx? I live in my car, sometimes a rental car. Every day, I find a nice, quiet place to pull over and meet a client through WebEx, face-to-face on my smartphone. This is the way to do business. The new free version of WebEx meetings lets you take your office anywhere, your desktop, laptop, or mobile device. Get your free WebEx meetings basic account now at WebEx.com. WebEx from Cisco. W-E-B-E-X.com. Webex.com. We the people grow cotton, weave fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit and carting to a private bank, having it lent back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Hi, Ted Anderson. I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800 686 Are you still a traditional smoker? Now experience a new lifestyle and try vaping with e-cigarettes by LeSig. Imagine no ashes, stains, nasty smell, or coughing and hacking. With LeSig e-cigarettes revolutionary microelectronic technology, rechargeable battery, and unique replaceable cartridge, you'll get all the benefits and satisfaction of smoking without the hazards. Choose your taste from a wide variety of our new American-made vaporeant e-liquids at LeSig.com. And LeSig smokes the competition by serving thousands of worldwide customers with real people customer service, fast, free, same-day shipping, and a 30 day warranty and satisfaction guarantee so are you ready for a new vaping lifestyle then call 870-518-4307 that's 870-518-4307 or visit lesig.com spelled l-e-c-i-g.com lesig e-cigarettes for today's modern smoker introducing a diabetes breakthrough an easy natural organic way to bring relief to diabetics 
Introducing MDS Forte, a concentrated super strength extract formulated for those who are looking for relief. What can MDS Forte do for you? MDS Forte reduces glucose levels safely and effectively, reduces cholesterol and triglyceride levels, increases HDL or good cholesterol while reducing LDL or bad cholesterol. MDS Forte reduces A1C, improves eyesight and circulation to the limbs, and helps with weight loss. It's non-toxic, caffeine-free, 100% natural, 100% organic, and comes with a 100% money back guarantee waiting for the side effects disclaimers with mds forte there are none order a 25-day treatment of mds forte by calling 213-405-5355 213-405-5355 or visit bestbloodsupport.com that's bestbloodsupport.com for mds forte a diabetes breakthrough Hi, this is Don Ecker, and you are tuned in to the Paracast. Let me tell you what, you're going to hear stuff here that you probably won't hear anywhere else. Hear that, George Snorri? We're back with Jim Mosley. In the process of attacking everybody in the UF field, he can in the course of a three-hour session. But seriously speaking, okay, with abductions, something this is going is two on. Two Sleep- hours, isn't it? Uh, well, it's two hours for you, three hours for listeners, because they have to hear the commercials oh, and the oh, news. Oh, but I breaks. only have to put up with this for two hours. Right? That's right. I hope you feel better. Okay, all but right, seriously I, speaking, I all seriousness aside, Jim, all right, so you feel that abductions have some outside force. What about sleep paralysis in some cases? You know, you're almost awake. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm sure of that in some sure. cases, yeah. I had a, an experience uh, which really ties in with nothing, but... Uh, before I ever heard of saucers, when I was a kid, maybe about 15, and I was in an old, uh, um, what would we say, not a guest house, uh, let's say an old hotel that I guess had been built before the turn of the century, and they still had these high ceilings with transoms. Uh, you know what a transom is? It's like a, a door type thing. You can either close it or open it at the top of the uh, it would be just around the ceiling somewhere. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? A transom. Yeah, I know what a transom is, yeah. All right, well, good. I'm going to speak up. Don't fall asleep. Come on. Uh, I'm wide awake, boy, with you on the air, boy. This, any, is, uh, anyhow, this is fun so for me. I, I, I was sleeping, and it was, I remember, it, it was daylight, so it must have been in the morning, and I uh, would have been getting up soon anyhow, I suppose. Well, I heard... Of somebody speaking, obviously out in the hall. I think I realized that it was a real voice from the hall. I didn't think it was a ghost or something. But the words that they said, and I don't remember exactly, something about uh, you will be going soon or you won't be here long, which obviously was just a part of a normal conversation. But I heard that little part of it, and the wording frightened me. And so I wanted to wake up in a hurry. I guess I was still half asleep when I heard that. And I couldn't move. I was, I was absolutely paralyzed. And I uh, started to panic, obviously. But then it occurred to me, of course I can move. All I'm doing is just tightening up my muscles. I'm not doing the normal thing that you would do if you want to move. So now that I realize that, I'll just move. And I did. <laughs> and and so that's something like uh, sleep paralysis or something. You notice, Jim, how after Whitley Strieber's book, Communion, came out, all of a sudden everybody and their next-door neighbors, uh, you know, cousins, uh, you know, 
boss and wife were getting abducted. And you had this huge upsurge of of claims of abduction cases all through the uh, end of the 80s into the 90s. And you'll notice, I don't know if anybody else uh, has noticed this, but, but claims of abductions have fallen off almost to, to negligible numbers recently. Well, uh, it's just like these little landings that I was trying to talk about. There were, uh, in, in 1954, for instance, there were probably a couple of dozen of them just in France, and there were others in other parts of, of Europe. There's a very good one in, in the uh, new issue of uh, Open Mind, which I'm stealing from the new issue of uh, Saucer Smear. But the point here is uh, these things seem to go in waves. The close-up sightings that I'm talking about, where the thing lands and creatures get out and a few people see it, that stuff pretty well stopped about 1980. And uh, I don't know, you can probably think of something somewhere, but uh, that wave or that type of thing just doesn't happen anymore. All the classic cases like that, Hopkinsville, uh, for instance, comes to mind, just so many of them. There was, uh, what was it, Brush Creek, California, some miner saw a strange-looking creature running around, and that was back in the 50s, I think. Those things don't happen anymore, and, and so you're saying, yeah, I suppose I don't follow it very much. The abduction cycle is dying out. And what does it all mean? I don't know. Uh, Carl Flock, who is, of course, no longer with us, he, his theory was rather simplistic. He thought that the uh, space people had come to visit us and to explore and whatever else they wanted to do. And they did what they wanted to do over a period of years, and then they had finished their survey and so they left. But I, I think that's absolutely not true. That's Whatever was going on is going on. It seems to take different forms, but uh, I, I think... Uh, I so we have waves of landings, waves yeah. of alleged crashes, waves of abductions. Of course, abductions, you know, I'd be happy for the people who have unusual encounters, real frightening ones of that sort, for those things not to happen. And if they're stopping, that's great. Whether it's ET or some outside force, that's really good news. Chris, you have a couple of questions from our audience that maybe you want to stick in somewhere here. You have an audience? I didn't know. <laughs> I'm not sure uh, what to make of this, but um, this comes from Sentry, who's uh, uh, one of our uh, real steady posters at forum.theparacast.com, bright guy. And uh, he has uh, three questions. The first one is, have you heard what Antonio Huneas has been saying about you? Now, Antonio was on our, our show last week, and I don't recall him saying anything about you. Well, he and I are sweating. I talked to him on the phone a, a couple of days ago. He and I are close friends. I can't imagine him. Oh, wait a minute. Uh, he may have told me what it was. It didn't sound very harmful. What was it? I don't remember. You knew because Somebody, it was I news mean, to me. Is, is, I, I is hadn't heard an anything. Look, you guys heard that show because you were on it, and I wasn't. So what is it he said already? Jim, did Antonio say anything about Jim? Uh, Just other... very briefly in passing, but nothing that would yeah. be unfavorable. Well, that's what I would think. So this question makes sense. He's, he's a big fan of yours, I've, 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 so I'm not sure what to make of that question. Anyway, sorry, Sentry, we uh, couldn't but help any, you with anyway, that one. Anyway, no, I, I think uh, while we're on that subject, Antonio is one of the most factual, meticulous researchers that uh, exists. Yes. And uh, he 
does not exaggerate or make things up or go along with nonsense. And he does sort of make a living out of the UFO field, but the proof that he's honest is that he's been almost starving about a half of the time in the last 20 years or so because he hasn't written crazy books and uh, he does get invited uh, to lecture sometimes at conventions, but because he's not a, a top star, he doesn't get very much money for it. So the moral is, you know, be, be like Friedman, don't be like uh, Antonio. <laughs> well, Antonio is one of the most impressive researchers uh, that I personally have worked with over the years. He has a width and breadth of knowledge uh, in terms of the history of uh, the more obscure time periods uh, in terms of the Middle Ages, uh, pre-Columbian accounts from uh, Mesoamerica, and, and just an amazing uh, steel trap, uh, you know, almost well, you know, like photographic recall. Just amazing uh, how, how well-versed he is in this field. Open mind, I get it on exchange. It took quite a lot of doing. Even knowing Antonio, uh, it took some work to get on this exchange. But uh, it, it's an interesting magazine and very slick and well done, but uh, some of the stories, no doubt, are much more authentic than others. But the ones under his byline, he's one of uh, two or three of the editors there, uh, if it has his byline, it's as true as you can make it. And if it has some of the other bylines, it might not be true at all. I, I have no idea. But in, in the new issue that just came out of Open Mind, uh, uh, there is a, a rehash uh, by Antonio of uh, a case of, of a landing in a small village in France in 1967, I think. And uh, this is the one I'd heard of it before, but I didn't remember much about it. This is the one in which two children are uh, herding uh, cattle for their family, and and they see four small creatures looking at them uh, from behind a hedge or something, and their first thought that these were children that had come to play with them. I, I, I like that. And then they saw there was a big sphere-type craft uh, behind the four creatures, and the four creatures naturally were about four feet tall, and they looked very strange, and they acted very strange, and they took off uh, in their craft. Maybe I, I, that's the one thing that's not mentioned: how long this was going on? Probably less than five minutes. And that's a very typical landing case of, among the ones that are not really famous. And it's done up very, very nicely by Antonio uh, in in that particular magazine. He also goes into a lot of detail. There were several official and semi-official investigations of this case in France and, and elsewhere, and nobody could ever find a flaw, a, a flaw in it. I mean, they, even the skeptics said, well, you know, we don't know what this was. They didn't say it's a landing by space people. They said, we, we can't explain it. Well, at least and, that's uh, a that's, good start to say, at least, we can't explain it. It's not swamp gas or something like that. Jim well, Mosley is not swamp gas, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. He is the editor of Saucer Smear. He's on with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. Hi, Ted Anderson announcing a great way to listen to radio on the telephone. By calling 760-569-7700, you'll be hearing GCNlive.com programs in seconds. 
Come to GCNlive.com, find your favorite host's dedicated phone number, and hear them 24-7. You heard me right, every show has a dedicated phone number. Stop by GCNlive.com and bookmark their number today. And again, that's 760-569-7700. We the people grow cotton, weave fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit and carting to a private bank, having it lent back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Ted Anderson, I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. Hi, this is Dr. Joel Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy. Have you ever wondered why farmers can keep their livestock lean and healthy just by feeding them minerals in a nutrient-dense diet? Before market, they cut off their minerals, leaving them to crave high-calorie grains to fatten them up. So if weight control is this easy, why does the medical system prescribe invasive surgical gastric bypass for humans? The truth be told, according to research, you can avoid over 900 different diseases just by getting 90 essential nutrients daily. Check us out on the web at sonsoflibertyteam.com and order your Healthy Start Pack and get your 90 for life. Or dial 855-301-TEAM. I said essential, not optional, and every day. Easy. 90 for life on the web at sonsoflibertyteam.com or call 855-301-TEAM. That's 855-301-TEAM. That's 855-301-TEAM. Check us out on the web at sonsoflibertyteam.com at sonsoflibertyteam.com. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. With Jim Mosley, editor of Saucer Smear, with Gene and Chris on the Paracast, it's definitely not swamp gas, as we talk seriously about the very dedicated investigations from Antonio Honeas, one of the editors of Open Lines magazine. Chris, we've got one or two more questions. And this is a good one for all you uh, aspiring investigative researchers out there. Uh, invariably, you're going to meet a lot of folks. And Sentry wants to know uh, a little rule of thumb from uh, Mr. Mosley. You've met more of the fakes, frauds, kooks, and the genuine witnesses than anyone else. You've talked to them and looked them in the eye. How do you sort them out? <laughs> well, good question. Yeah, you know, I, I would put it this way. It's just like any other kind of people in the ufo field first of all nobody is all bad and nobody is all good uh i think gene weren't you involved in that i might be wrong these lists that came out a few years ago of of the good people in the field and the bad people ufo watchdog.com let me just back up on this rice myers who i guess he works as a park policeman or something like that he came up with this site there's a hall of fame for people who do good work there is a hall of shame for people who do bad work let me just define this we took over the site for about a year and we updated the content and then i got a letter out of the blue from royce he wants to take it back ufowatchdog.com and so i sent him the databases and all the files and stuff he needed but he went back to an older version of the site. So we have all this stuff, all this content that we had written. One of our forum members, a fellow named Skyler, 
did a lot of research, worked for six months to build new content on the site. A lot of that was never carried over. Now, that's what you're talking about there. I should tell our listeners we are looking into a new site, a new Internet portal to, as they say, be a paranormal watchdog. But that's all I can say. Jim? Yeah, well, I, I, I would say, I mean, I have copies of some of that stuff, you know. And uh, I, the ones that I have, if I'm not wrong here, I was totally insulted, and this is the reason I'm not on either list. I wouldn't care if I was on the bad list, but I'm not on either list, and I don't like that at all. You were on and, a later uh, version of the list. You were on a later but, version. I'm on In the, sha- the Hall of Shame or Hall of Fame, I forget. <laughs> but uh, my point is more rational, I think, and that is that everybody is a combination of good and bad. I mean, that's sort of a truism, but I mean, uh, you can't just uh, draw a line, Hall of Fame, Hall of Shame. I think that's kind of ridiculous, but uh, maybe I'm it's wrong. It may be based very much on the weight of the work. So if somebody sincere, honest, hardworking, does really good work, if they have a few flaws around the edges, that's okay. If somebody perpetrates hoaxes, it doesn't matter if some things they did were good, the hoaxes outweigh the non-hoaxes. Get my well, point? Well, that could be That could be, that could be you, but... What's the straight letter, you But I do think we put you in the Hall of Fame. Sorry about that, Jim. Did you? Well, I, I don't have that version of it here. I've, I've got it put away somewhere, but I, I, these are... Very long list, the ones I have. Well, the fame is much shorter than the shame, which is, I guess, reasonable. But as far as I remember, I wasn't on either one. But it doesn't matter. The concept, I guess, has some validity uh, somewhere. Yeah, I think you should be on both lists myself, Jim. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with you. We were going to have just... a gray box list, but that sounded too much like Stanton Friedman. Uh, well, a gray list would uh, remind us of uh, Gray Barker, and he certainly would deserve to be on the gray list, I would think. Mm. Some people know too much about UFOs. Yes. What does that mean? Just sounded good to me. Chris, any more questions from Mr. Sentry? No, he, the, does, he does have a question. Out of 100,000 listeners that you say you have, only three questions came in, and kind of disappointed well we did post the question bank uh, thread until i think late last night so normally we have several days uh, uh, yes. you do okay. you do attract a lot of uh, interested questioners uh we'll have to give you a little bit more lead time uh, next time to get get more yes, questions that would be nice okay well the only other question uh was uh, about aztec and it's bill moore said aztec crash was a hoax but stanton friedman says it's real What's wrong? We kind of went over that uh, ground. Yeah one, yeah. one thing that I want to mention about these crashes in the 40s is uh, back in the early 90s, there was somebody, I, 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 it escapes me who this was, but somebody came up with this theory that it was these uh, new radar uh, units that were being uh, you know, put into bases and stuff uh, in the late 40s that went operational and that the radar was what brought these craft down. And to me, that is the most ludicrous, nah. implausible explanation of why some advanced technology would, would just spin to the ground and crash uh, because of, uh, of 
well, radar that's, waves. That's just a, a different wording of what I've often said and other people have said. Here, supposedly, you have these craft that come in millions of miles. I mean, we don't know how many miles, maybe from other galaxies, maybe from other universes, and, and they make it all the way here, and then when they get in our atmosphere, they screw it up. And, and uh, that's extremely strange. One of the versions of the uh, Roswell case was that there was a, a electrical storm that uh, caused the thing to crash. Uh, have you heard that version? Yeah, no, no. What was this that made it crash? I, I didn't catch that. Uh, that well, I, I remember at some point uh, a flock thought that there was a real crash of, of, of a spaceship, I guess, caused by an electrical storm at the, that was going on at that time. That caused the crash. Right. Well, Roswell did have a large electrical storm uh, in conjunction with the night that uh, this, the crash supposedly occurred. Yeah. But that sounds again, more plausible to me than 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 radar. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, more. Uh, but again, if, if they're that talented to get all the way here, for all through wormholes and everything else that's out there, and then they get taken out by a little thing like that, I I just don't really think so. Well, what about the work of Leonard Stringfield, who spent decades uh, chasing down rumors of crashed uh, saucers and discs? How many of those cases do you? Uh, do you think uh, have some sort of validity behind them? I, I well, I, I, have, I have an answer for that. I I didn't. I think he put out before he died uh, six or seven of those status reports or whatever he called them, and I don't believe I read any of them thoroughly. But maybe I did. It's a long time ago. But I I knew uh, Len fairly well, and I talked to him on the phone several times, and probably met him once or twice. And I always, because I, I wanted to make sure that I got it right and that I heard it right. And, and I would ask him, well, out of all these uh, rumors and stuff that you have printed about crashes and, and landings, I, do you think that any of them are, are, can be proven? And he very distinctly and honestly said to me, uh, they're all interesting and they have this evidence and that, but no, none of them can be proven. And he uh, accepted that, and I accepted his honesty. So the answer to, that I give there is, you know, if none of them could be proven, uh, should we just forget about it? I don't know. Well, yeah. I talked to Stringfield once or twice over the years, but as you say, he didn't think he could prove them. He collected a lot of interesting information, and let, or until somebody can take over the work, he left and gets some information. It's going to be the same thing with the entire UFO field. We've got a lot of strange things going on, not just Roswell and Aztec, not just Virginia, and not just all these other cases through the decades and through the centuries. But we can't sit back and look at them and say, what happened? We don't know what happened. It's easy to make an assumption. Well, it's got to be E.T. because what else could it be? But is that a yeah, fair assumption? And in case you're wondering about future episodes of the Powercast... Upcoming, we have Greg Bishop. We also have Rosemary Ellen Guiley, who has a new book to discuss with us. We have Jim Mosley of Saucer Smear with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. We also have Swag. 
You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items and entails T-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast Jumbo tote bag, all sorts of T-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. If you go to store.theparacast.com, stop by and take a shopping tour. Iodine protection packs from HempUSA.org are now in stock for immediate delivery worldwide. Our iodine protection packs include micro plant powder, green life kelp, red palm oil, and our clear roll-on iodine that will feed the body the iodine it needs. All iodine protection packs are in stock. Save you money and ship for free in all 50 states. Visit HempUSA.org or call 908-691-2608 today. HempUSA.org has a revolutionary wonder food for detoxing the body and rebuilding the immune system. Microplant powder can help unclog arteries and soften heart valves while removing heavy metals, virus, fungus, bacteria, and parasites. Plus, it cleans and purifies the blood, lungs, stomach, and colon. Keep your body clean with Microplant powder. Visit us at HempUSA.org or call 908-691-2608 today. If you owe the IRS, you can't make the problem go away without professional help. But with the help of Dan Pilla, you can get your problem solved. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla, and I've been solving tax debt problems for 30 years, and I can help you too. We can stabilize IRS collection action and get your tax debt reduced, sometimes completely eliminated. And if you received a 1099 from a bank because of mortgage or other debt forgiveness, the vast majority of the time, I can show you how to completely erase it so you pay no taxes on what the IRS will consider to be taxable income. Call us for a free consultation to discuss the many possibilities. Call 1-800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-N-O-T-A-X. Or go to my website at taxhelponline.com. Dan Pilla has been protecting taxpayers from the IRS for three decades, and he can help you. Call us today, 800-346-6829. That's 800-34-NO-TAX. Hello? Congratulations. For what? We're losing all that weight. How'd you do it so fast? ASAP. ASAP what? What's that mean? Are you ready to get as skinny as possible, as soon as possible, as simple as possible, and as sexy as possible? I'm listening. Then get with the ASAP program. It's real and it works. No smooth talk, no slick advertising, and no exaggerated claims of success. I've got to know more. Welcome to ASAP, as slim as possible. Whether you have 10, 20, or 50 pounds to lose, ASAP is your weight loss answer. ASAP targets the abnormal fat reserves and makes them available to be burned as fuel and contains no caffeine or hormones. Order ASAP at wholesale prices or join the team to share the business with others. Visit GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. Lose weight and look great with ASAP as slim as possible. 
We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Jim Mosley of Saucer Smear joining us again a little bit later in this episode. You will learn how you can get your very own hard copy version of Saucer Smear printed on real paper, typed with a real typewriter. Jim Mosley does not use a personal computer. No, he doesn't. And he never uh, will. Probably not. Uh, what I was going to add uh, something there, and I think I, I've lost it now. Oh, when I meet somebody that's heard vaguely, let's say, that I'm interested in saucers or believe in it, they invariably say exactly the same thing almost every time. Well, gee whiz, we're trying to get out into space right now, aren't we? And so, sure. Uh, more advanced beings on another planet might be a little ahead of us, and they've already done what we're about to do. That's as far as they can go with it. And what they're saying, in my opinion now, is possible. I will never say it's impossible that there are space people visiting us, but that is just a, almost a cliche. It's too, too uh, simplistic. And uh, that's as far as they know about the subject, that's all they know, and they're trying to be friendly. Uh, they don't want to say it's all nonsense, uh, so they'll just go that far with it, but they've never given it any serious thought, or they would realize that that is not necessarily the answer. That's the point. Well, the point also is that there have been surveys of the American public over the years. Now, in the 80s and 90s, maybe back to the 70s, half the people in this country believed in UFOs and we assume all or most of them believe they were spaceships. A more recent survey taken by an organization hired by National Geographic, ahead of the promotion for this TV show, Chasing UFOs, came up with about one-third. But, Jim, you like this survey. That result of that poll also determined that 66%, 67% of the people in the United States, those surveyed anyway, felt that in the event of a UFO oh, invasion, Obama would be more <laughs> capable of handling it than Romney. Uh, I mean, Romney's a Mormon. They're used to having angelic beings coming down trying to interact with them. I mean, that's how the whole uh, cult uh, or religion, sorry, started in the first place. You're talking about the Mormons, yes. Uh, but that has nothing to do with Obama. That's the other guy. He's a Mormon, right? Uh, the guy that's running for president. Yeah, right. exactly. Well, well, my point is that, that you would think Romney, uh, growing up uh, within the Mormon tradition, would be more comfortable with that kind of scenario as opposed to Obama, who grew up uh, inhaling and uh, being you know, a druggie and having all sorts of good times. Uh, it would probably freak <laughs> him out. Yeah, well, I hate to get into it. The, Morm the Mormon religion, uh, their own... Uh, I'm, I'm not sure. They have their own Bible, I know, but do they also use the regular Bible? Do they use both or just their own? Uh, uh, but well, the Book of Mormon is is uh, pretty much a standalone item. Uh, they do refer back to the Old Testament, but okay. um, the Book of Mormon also says that there there was wheat in in the New World and elephants existed here just within you know not too many generations ago. Uh, Stuff that's that just doesn't sound good. yeah. So, uh, 
Well, anytime, anytime you have a failed treasure hunter claiming that an angel came down and gave him gold tablets that uh, then disappear and nobody ever sees them, uh, you got to wonder. Yeah, that always bothered me. I don't know a whole lot about the Mormon church, but the fact that uh, the one guy saw the gold tablets and knew what was on them, but before anybody else could see them, they were gone. Well, you know, I'm a less failed uh, treasure hunter because I really did find real gold several times in Peru and brought it up here and did a lot of other good things. So uh, I, I guess that's better than what the Mormons did. I have no idea. So does that mean you can write the Book of Mosley? Yes, I could. <laughs> I mean, could. That was a good one, Gene. I think I'm going to get attacked for that later. So let's just enjoy the moment. Yeah, the Book of Mosley. I love it. Well, there was there was going to be a treasure hunting uh, book uh, by me, but uh, for long-winded reasons, I don't think it's it's going to happen. Uh, Carl Plock, who was my co-author on Shockingly Close to the Truth, was going to be co-author on this also. And uh, uh, as we know, that did not happen. And uh, for that and other reasons, I don't think I'll ever be able to make a book out of it. But I did have some... Wonderful adventures down in Peru during the late 1950s. But no psychic experiences. Well, it's funny that you would mention that. Uh, the treasures were divided rather neatly into two categories. One was Inca and pre-Inca, in other words, the ancient inhabitants of, of the country. And the other was uh, brought in by the Spaniards uh, and their descendants. And they were uh, quite different in... Uh, Content uh, the the Spanish uh, treasures seem to be more involving ghosts and, and uh, actual demonstrations of the paranormal, and and the uh, come to think of it, the Inca treasures did not have uh, that connotation at all. We uh, slept in uh, uh, ancient cemeteries many times while we were uh, treasure hunting, and the thought of ghosts connected with these ancient artifacts never crossed our mind and, and the workers that were with me who were certainly not educated people they they uh, had no worries about ghosts either and I think that's sort of self-fulfilling since we didn't think about ghosts and didn't really believe in them or at least didn't worry about them or didn't think they were connected with the work we were doing that's why we didn't see any if we'd already believed it I suppose we would have seen some. I don't know so you're suggesting here that maybe some psychic and or UFO experiences are the result of wishful thinking. We wish oh, either yeah. consciously well, that, or subconsciously, and it happens. Yeah, well, that certainly is a, a factor in a lot of things in life, not just the sauces. One of my sightings could have been wishful thinking. Very briefly, I uh, one night uh, in about 1954, I was in Miami and had nothing better to do, and I went out and spent two or three hours just off by myself on a vacant lot, you could say, staring at the sky. And uh, there were plenty of stars out, and you could see the Big Dipper and all the other things that looked like uh, little formations of four, five, six stars, whatever number. And I got bored with it, and I started to think to myself, you know, any one of these uh, stars that I'm looking at could uh, be a flying saucer, and if it was uh, had the same hue as a star does and was standing still, I could be looking right at, at a flying saucer, 
and not realize what I'm looking at. And just as I thought that, instantly, a one of the stars from one of the little formations took off in a straight line, slightly downward, and disappeared behind a building. And I looked back, and there was one missing. And that was creepy, because I don't know to this day if I imagined it or caused it to happen or if it really happened. If it really happened, that's heavy, because that means that some intelligence was trying to communicate with me and tell me and show me that uh, the whole thing was real. Eh, how's that for a story, eh? That's a story. Here's oh, like a story, that. folks. We love it. Jim Mosley joining us with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs. Convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com there are so many benefits you can get from taking unheated whey protein. It helps put out the fire of inflammation and the pain it is causing. Eliminate the craving for carbohydrates, better sense of well-being, weight loss, muscle strength, energy, and growth, and optimal glutathione production. Glutathione is the number one means by which you detoxify all toxins, and this is vital to you feeling and looking good again. Consuming One World Whey is the most powerful way to raise glutathione. People report the elimination of pain and bloating after one month, as well as an improvement in strength, energy, and blood sugar. Children love the flavor and prefer it over junk food. One World Way is performing mighty miracles for young and old. It is superior, unique, and unprecedented for many other whey protein powder on the market. Call 888-988-3325. Mention coupon code KNOCKOUT and you'll receive a free tube of knockout pain cream with your order, which eliminates soft tissue pain in 10 minutes for 90% of users. Call 888-988-3325 or visit OneWorldWay.com. That's OneWorld, W-H-E-Y.com. Let me ask you a question. What does freedom mean to you? The freedom to choose, the freedom to vote, the freedom to worship. How about the freedom to take control of your own future? My friends at eFoods Direct are celebrating freedom this month while helping you take control of your greatest dependency, food. Right now, you receive one of their new Patriot Packs free with every $289 you spend on their highly nutritious and great-tasting food. The Patriot Pack is a 30-day supply of eFoods quick-fix, easy-to-store food. For example, purchase a one-year supply and get five Patriot Packs, which is five months of food free. Use the extra food for everyday use and save hundreds off your grocery bill. Give your free Patriot Pack as a gift to a friend or relative, or simply add more food to your long-term supply for free. Call 800-409-5633 or go to eFoodsDirect.com forward slash Alex and get your free Patriot Pack with purchase. Operators are standing by. Call 800-409-5633 or eFoodsDirect.com forward slash Alex. 
eFoods is so affordable, the more you store and eat, the more you save. Go to eFoodsDirect.com forward slash Alex or call 800-409-5633 right now. We all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over six years and serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey Guy offers amazing specials for Berkey Water Filtration Systems. The Berkey Light Systems include a set of self-sterilizing and recleanable black purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts and parasites to non-detectable levels and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. Order the Berkey Light Systems system today complete with two black berkey elements for only 231 dollars and the berkey guy will ship your order free of charge with the purchase of a berkey light the berkey guy is also offering a set of fluoride and arsenic filters for only 39.99 that's over 30 percent off the retail price call the berkey guy at 1-877-886-3653 that's 1-877-886-3653 or order online at goberkey.com that's goberkey.com today This is Hilly Rose, and I hope that you do listen to the Paracast because you will learn a great deal about the paranormal. Instant segue, two more segments with Jim Mosley, editor, publisher, chief cook and bottle washer, and chief typist of Saucer Smear. That's very important. The Jim does all the typing, every typo. There aren't any typos. But if there were typos... Jim would be responsible for them, not some third-party proofreader. That is correct. Okay, so we look at UFOs being wishful thinking or wishful nightmares, whatever. It takes on the cultural context. So UFO cases now, what are you seeing? What kind of cultural context are we seeing? Well, I just get back to what I said uh, before. I have stopped printing current sightings and smear I see plenty I could steal from the Mutant Journal and elsewhere, but they don't interest me because they're too, not too vague, but uh, too far away from the observer that you can be absolutely sure of, of what they were, and they don't land, and there's no creatures, and they're so inferior to the uh, best of the sightings years ago that I, I've just stopped paying any attention to them, and, and most of the magazine is there's gossip and stuff like that, and then there's classic sightings. Like, uh, you know, recently I got involved with the miracle of Sodoma, which is fascinating, I think. But anything other than lights in the sky, I guess so. I, I've gotten tired of hearing about that. The miracle of Fatima. What is your yes. take on that? Well, that's another long story. I don't think we even have time for it here. But uh, getting to the ultimate last part where... A crowd of sixty or seventy thousand people gathered to see a miracle that had been fore, foreseen by uh, three little children who were involved in some previous miracles. So these people all gathered, who knows, a huge field of some sort, and there were various things seen. Some people didn't see anything, and uh, there again, perhaps if there were atheists in the crowd, maybe they saw nothing. I have no idea. But most of the crowd did see something, they said the sun, but that would be impossible. Something which I and others of my type of thinking would think is a UFO. It was a cloudy day, and you couldn't really see the sun too well. But all of a sudden, the sun type of object, but certainly not the real sun itself, 
came down under the clouds and gave off all kinds of uh, lights, a, uh, a sort of a rainbow of, of different colored lights over a period of, it sounds like, about five minutes. And almost everybody saw that. And then there were some other things that happened, too. What it all means, I'm not religious, but I think they saw something. And there again, I think maybe the intelligence that is keeping an eye on us here obviously knows something about our religion, and maybe that's one of their little games. They uh, imitate religion and uh, give us a thing, how would that be, a hoax by the so-called space people. That was a religious hoax, but not, not by the children, by the powers that be. Very interesting case. But that raises a larger question, Jim, that what we see when we think we see a UFO, it is a hoax that these entities or beings are staging for our benefit. Yes, yes, that's, now you got it. It sounds like the trickster to me. Oh, the trickster, yeah. I, I've never really fully understood the trickster, because I'm sure there's endless different definitions of it, but if there is a trickster, that has something to do, certainly, with the UFO phenomenon, yes. Well, thank you for that. Gosh, you're, you're one of the few people that <laughs> agree with me on that one. Who is this, Chris? Yeah, yeah, I wrote a whole book on the trickster, looking at it as a mechanism uh, oh, to okay. tie well, together see, paranormal I, I didn't. I didn't even read your book, and I agree with you. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Well, you have supreme mental powers, Jim Mosley. You have someone here who wrote a book called Stalking the Tricksters by Chris O'Brien. By the way, the book is still available, so go get yourself a copy. But Well, maybe Chris would just send me a copy. How about if I send you one? Yeah, Yeah. how about if you send me one? Yeah, I'd, and, love, I'd love to get your take on it, Jim, because I think, it, I think you'd really get a chuckle out of it. How, how long ago did you write this? Uh, it came out two years ago. Two years ago? Correct. Yeah, well, if you would send me a copy, I certainly will review it kindly in, in smear, okay? Excellent. Okay, I, I will do that. I think, uh, I think you'll really, uh, it might spark, uh, spark a few things in you. Uh, I think I've come up with an interesting redefinition of the trickster. It's not a being, you know, or some sort of disincarnate uh, intelligence. It's more of a mechanism, really, uh, that, that may help be a catalyst to create some of these events in our lives that we find so mysterious and wonderful. I, I think it's a, it's a, it's a valid yeah, well, theory. that's... Uh... That's really close to my way of thinking, and I certainly would be interested in that. I'm trying to think of the name of this parapsychologist that we all know, and I can't think of it right now, who uh, talks a lot about the trickster. But I never heard the term properly defined, and I certainly would like to read more about it. Certainly. What is this fellow? Hanson. Yeah, George, George Hanson. George Hansen, yeah. Yeah, the trickster and the paranormal. I, I relied heavily on his research. Also, Paul Radin wrote this uh, seminal book on the subject called The Trickster. And Lewis Hyde uh, from Harvard wrote uh, The Trickster Makes This World, which is another excellent, excellent book. And look at that whole, uh, at that whole archetype. So you, you're saying that your material is all taken from other people? Well, no, inspired by. I take, I take their view and then sort of uh, you know, take, take the ball and, and progress it down the field. No, well, all right. I'll, I'll look forward to that. I really will. Okay, good. Because yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll make sure I send a copy to you. Since there's nothing going on in the skies, around here at least, uh, I certainly would like to read something that would inspire me, and I think that very well might. Okay, cool. Excellent. So what's going to happen is in your mailbox in just a few days by priority mail, Chris will have a copy 
of his books, well, Talking with Tricksters. Well, it doesn't have to be priority mail, but every little bit helps. I'll shoot it off priority mail for you, Jim. Okay. You got well, your special we got treatment. We've got 10 minutes left. And nothing is, uh, well, actually, we have about 12 minutes left and a lot to say. Now, Jim, right. let's look at saucer smear and the stuff you've been covering lately because that's always good. Obviously, we're not seeing sightings. We're obviously going to see a little bit about Aztec because you read the book. What other hot topics can we expect from recent issues of Saucer Smear or the next one that I'll probably get, what, in a few days? Well, it'll be mailed out over the weekend. Yeah, you'll get it sometime next week. Let me just tell you about something that will be not in, in this issue but the one after. You know that MUFON is having their annual symposium uh, the weekend of August 4th, which happens to be my birthday, by the way, and it's in um, Cincinnati, and it involves this new guy, David McDonald, who is the new supreme commander of Newfoundland. Uh, Flamingo Airlines. Yes, yes. Now, that's another interesting thing. This guy seems to be quite a showman, uh, and I would like to read you a little bit uh, from his editorial uh, in the uh, very recent issue of the Mupon Journal, where he's obviously pitching the convention and hy- hyping it, if I can say so. Now, here, here's the key part. It, it is our intent to, to release not one, but two major, in caps, announcements uh, at the convention, which will uh, resonate throughout the UFO community for years to come. One of these pronouncements is so sensitive, I get this, is so sensitive that MUFON management asked me uh, that it not be released until proper security protocols were in place to protect the safety of the material and the people in whose possession it resides. These protocols are now being undertaken and will be complete in time for the symposium. Now, is that's that a sales pitch, my friend. That is hype of the third order. I, I love it. Oh, what, man. Sign me up. The, well, if they the, want I mean, to send plane tickets down, we don't have much time. But if MUFON, with this money from this guy who has mile-high airline everything, send a couple of plane tickets and some a couple of nights at a hotel to Gene and Chris at the Paracast, we'll come. We have yeah. Jim Mosley. He's here, too. With Gene and Chris, you're in the Paracast. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. If you want to get your website online and you need reliable service, first-class service at the lowest possible price, there's only one place to go. Well, DreamHost has a special promotion with our show where they'll offer you unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, one-click web apps such as WordPress, 24-7 support. You can save over $55. You want to know how? Go to DreamHost.com radio, DreamHost.com radio. 
whether it's personal mail, whether it's business email, you want reliable, dependable delivery, freedom from spam, freedom from viruses. Well, Polaris Mail offers professional email hosting services for your personal or small business use. Each account uses 25 gigabytes of storage, an easy-to-use webmail interface, and full mobile sync. Sign up today for a 30-day free trial at PolarisMail.com, PolarisMail.com. The food storage industry leader has done it again. Introducing FDG Clubs and Survival Bucks from the Freeze-Dry Guy. For over 39 years, the Freeze-Dry Guy has served various government agencies and the private sector with the finest in storable foods and emergency rations. If you've wanted to build emergency food supplies but couldn't afford it, now you can. Go to freezedryguy.com, click on products, and look for the Freeze-Dry Guy Clubs to pay as you go. Now you can build food storage without going into debt. Choose from a payment range of $95 to $450 per month. Our clubs work with everyone's budget. Plus, when you join Freeze-Dry Guy clubs, you'll get additional rewards. For example, this month, get 10% back in survival bucks on all purchases in the Freeze-Dry Guy product line, plus free shipping within the lower 48 states on any order amount. Hurry, go to freezedryguy.com or call 866-404-3663. That's freezedryguy.com or call 866-404-3663. The Freeze-Dry Guy, the best you can buy. Digestive health is the key to wellness and elimination of toxins. That bears repeating. Digestive health is the key to wellness and elimination of toxins. And Pro-EM-1 Daily Probiotic Cleanse is the key to digestive health. Pro-EM-1 is a powerful liquid probiotic, strong enough to cleanse, gentle enough to use every day. Pro-EM-1 is dairy, wheat, and soy-free, contains all-natural and certified organic ingredients, contains no preservatives or animal products, supports a healthy digestive and immune system, supports weight loss, improves absorption of food nutrients, aids in controlling yeast infections, is never freeze-dried, and uses three groups of live, viable, beneficial microbes to cleanse and remove toxins. Order Pro-EM-1 Daily Probiotic Cleanse at Terraganics.com, spelled T-E-R-A-G-A-N-I-X.com, Terraganics.com. Or call toll-free 866-369-3678. That's 866-369-3678. Pro-EM1, the raw probiotic. Would it save you time to get the best quality water filters and the best quality storable foods from one company? You bet it would, and now you can at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. Big Berkey water filter products and great-tasting, long-lasting, storable, wise foods are both now available on one website, BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. Wise foods, ready-to-eat meals are packed in airtight nitrogen pouches and come with a 25-year shelf life. Big Berkey water filters are powerful enough to purify treated, untreated, or even stagnant pond water. Combine Berkey water filters with wise foods for an unbeatable preparedness combination. Get free shipping on every order over $50. And GCN listeners receive 5% off all ceramic filter systems. Visit big, B-E-R-K-E-Y, waterfilters.com or call 877-99-BERKEY. That's 877-99-BERKEY. Or go to bigberkeywaterfilters.com. Hi, this is Ted Phillips listening to the Paracast, and it's as good as it gets, believe me. So I don't know. I don't know if we're hyping to get free tickets for MUFON's convention, free plane tickets to Cincinnati, you know, a five-star hotel. I think this David McDonald is a 
successful businessman and he must have an, an interesting personality. I don't think he's anywhere near or remotely near being a scientist, but I guess this is the best that Mufon can do. And if I was in better shape, I would certainly go to this convention myself. Uh, but I uh, want to, uh, in, in the issue after the convention, I'm going to take apart whatever these two announcements are, and I have a very strong feeling that they will not be as uh, earth-shaking as he makes them sound here, you know? I can't wait to see what you have to say about it, Joe. Yeah, well, uh, I uh, I can't either. I, I just wonder. Uh, you know, he's talking about, you know, security. I mean, somebody's going to attack the people that know what this is. I mean, come on. Sounds like Stephen Greer. Yeah. <laughs> What's he doing these days? Uh, he shows up now with bodyguards when he goes to conventions. He had four of them <laughs> in Barcelona. Uh, he had two bodyguards uh, at the Open Minds uh, conference, and uh, and I'll tell you, that's a cushy job, man. Because all you have to do is just stand there and look look menacing. Uh, I don't think there's very many people that want to attack Stephen Greer. Uh, well, may, I might be wrong about that. <laughs> is Stephen Greer uh, formerly an MD? If, or if I got the right guy? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, he, yeah, he supposedly was an emergency room uh, doctor. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Well, what can you say? I, I can't Im imagine he's making as much money this way, but maybe he is. Who knows? Well, you should ask his investors in these uh, these free energy devices that are supposedly coming out uh, every you know couple three months. Uh, he has a new uh, you know promise that it's going to come out next amount of time, and I don't think not not one of these things has come out, and I do. There may be uh, some investors out there that are scratching their heads, wondering when uh, when these. Well, uh, you know, uh, a, a guy like him will probably uh, be routinely investigated by the powers that be. If these things are are, are like you know Silas Newton's uh, stuff, I mean, that really have no substance to to them. I'm, I have a feeling that they'll stop him from selling them. You know, I mean, they are going to take a look, wouldn't you think? Well, you, he's got to produce these things and and, uh, and no, I mean, unveil them to the public. We something. we got to see something there, Stephen. He's been talking about this for ten years. Well, I mean, it has to be not only a physical object, but it has to do something, right? <laughs> One would hope. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what they said about the doodle bug. That it, it didn't do what they claimed. It, it just was a, I guess, a hoax. So that uh, getting back to all of that, if they could do a hoax with a dual bug, then they could do a hoax with Aztec, I guess. So they were they had lots of practice, in other words. When it comes to Stephen Greer, I worry about this C SETI, this program where he takes people on these excursions for some humongously high price to supposedly call down a UFO, but they have to sign correct me if I'm wrong, Chris, they have to sign a non disclosure agreement. So oh, yeah. whatever happens, they can't tell you. And I always right. wonder after they also have to sign release forms in case they're asked to go aboard the ship, and they have to uh, absolve Seasetti uh, from all responsibility if they don't come back. Is that in the form that they signed? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. No. This is amb ambassador to the universe training seminars. Now, first of all, I've I've been saying this for God almost twenty years. Who elected him ambassador to for humankind to the universe? Number one, and number two. Uh -huh. 
where does he come off saying he can train other people to be ambassadors to the universe to represent humankind out into the cosmos? Uh, uh, to me, it's rather uh, presumptuous uh, uh, to do be kind. A, do you have a copy of the protocols for this or, 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 or the thing that these people sign? No, I'm sure I do somewhere. I turned down a lifetime membership to C-SETI and, uh, with my, my Groucho disclaimer that I would never be a member of a, any club that would have me as one. Yeah, right, right. Well, if you can, without going to a whole lot of trouble, if you got something that claims him as ambassador to the universe and shows what these uh, people sign in the way of a disclaimer, anything okay, like that. Okay, sure. I'd, yeah, I'd, I'll, I'll, I'll look at my files. I'll, I'm yeah, sure I've got I'd one be, there somewhere. You know what's interesting about this non-disclosure stuff? I mean, look at it this way. Say we have Apple Incorporated, which, of course... You have new operating systems that they let people who write software test. And they have to sign this very long non-disclosure agreement. And if they break the agreement, well, Apple throws them out of the program or something. Now, somebody signs a non-disclosure agreement with Stephen Greer, and something happens or nothing happens, why haven't we seen at least one person over all the years saying, I don't care, you want to sue me? Go ahead, man. This is what happened. Go sue me. Take your best shot. How come that doesn't happen? Well, that's, or maybe they just feel stupid for being taken in. <laughs> well, you know, that's a good point. And, and I see we don't have a lot of time left, so I'll talk rapidly. How many of these former military people that come forth with UFO experiences at their base when they were in the service or having seen, you know, a Roswell-like thing crash, and they come forward years later and they talk and talk and talk, and they're never court-martialed, and they never lose their pension, and they're never shot mysteriously. Does that tell you something? Yeah. Except if you want to look at the perverse definition of that, which is they don't do anything because if they did, it would only prove what the person says correct. Yeah. yeah so I therefore, if you do nothing and you tolerate a few people just going out there and saying their piece, well, that demonstrates there's no truth to it. Get my point? Yeah, no, no, that's that's a good point. Again, briefly, uh, with, with George Adamski, when he saw when he got the Straits letter, and started to publicize it and make a big deal for his own promotion out of it. This uh, is a the, fake letter that Gray Barker and Jim wrote. Yeah, right. Uh, they uh, the, the government made a, a mistake. They came after him and told him to shut up, <laughs> and he started talking louder than ever. I, maybe they learned back then just not to do that kind of thing. Yeah, well, we have you guys to to thank for that. Maybe, maybe this should be uh, some ammunition to get more people to come out and uh, years later and violate their security oaths uh, by saying, "Hey, look, they're not going to come after you because then they they just uh, legitimize uh, what it is that you're saying." Well, I can't think of his name at this moment, but somebody just very recently uh, wrote to three prominent government officials uh, asking them to put in writing the fact that. Uh, nobody would be prosecuted for coming uh, forward about saucers. And I don't think any of those three uh, officials ever said any such thing. In other words, they just ignored this uh, challenge. And I'm trying to think of, of, of the name of the guy that made the challenge, but I'll tell you next time. There's a story now about a CIA guy, former CIA guy, comes out and talks about Roswell, but he's not going to be prosecuted either. Uh, who who is this now? I I hadn't heard this. Yeah, was his name Clay something or other? Clay. Uh, he, there's been a few articles in the last couple of weeks about him. 
And what is he saying? Uh, what is his story? Well, in a nutshell, he's just saying that Roswell was a real event and there were ETs involved. Oh, okay. Well, other people have, have said that. Uh, I'm sure some of them are former military people. They've been talking positive things about Roswell for years and nothing's happened to them. Yeah, every couple of years somebody else comes out with some uh, new you know, revelation. Yeah, of the uh, fellow that had this deathbed confession, uh, Walter Hart, H-A-U-T. He, he's an interesting case. All, all he ever did was he was the one that sent the uh, flying saucer uh, crash notice to the media. Uh, right they had now. to live that down. We can't live this down. We have to ask Jim Mosley, tell our listeners where they can get a copy of Saucer Smear. Well, they can write to P.O. Box 1709. You hear Chris is writing it down. Uh, Chris is writing it down. 1709. Key West, two words, Key West, Florida, 33041. There you go. Chris, where do we find your stuff, Chris O'Brien? We're out of time. I I have to ask Chris a question. Chris, where do we find your stuff? Well, I'm a moderator at forum.theparacast.com and I also have my new updated website, ourstrangeplanet.com. And you can reach us on Twitter. Send us a tweet. We are the Paracast on Twitter. Jim Mosley, editor of Saucer Smear. We want to thank you once again for joining us this week on the Paracast. Well, good to be here, and I'll talk to you again soon, Gene. The Paracast, featuring Gene Steinberg and Christopher O'Brien, is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in the Paracast.